This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is presented by Hummel Casino. Fun above all else. Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The ceremony is about to begin. right on a let me guess today is wednesday wednesday my days are uh, massively massively screwed up that's why we have different opens for different that's days. right that's you right that's you the, don't you even can't need get screwed to, up you just listen <laughs> you're right you, you're told what day it is by the start of the show you're absolutely right that is our wednesday open queens of the stone age uh and uh, i'm woodsy to my left today we go a little bit out of order well we can go counterclockwise i'm woodsy that is Paul Reiner. To your right, and then all the way around. Yeah, to my to my left, to their right, all the way around. <laughs> Paul Reindel, the executive producer. Good morning, Paulie. Good morning. To my left, um, Benjamin Higgins, your friendly neighborhood sports anchor, golfer extraordinaire as well. I'm stuck in the middle, whichever With, way you go. That's true. That's true. You are stuck in the middle. I'm over here on the. I'm on the pole, as it were. The table leg. Yeah, I'm on the the pole. Which is a uh, might be a common theme 
of uh, today's show mm. and definitely tomorrow's show, I would say, uh, here on, on Ben and Woods. Uh, you know, things are happening. Wheels are in motion. It's uh, It's been really fun, though. It's been really fun since we've been out here. I'm very sore. I'm compressed from uh, from head to toe. Well, from from waist to toe. I've got compression all over. i got my got my cup in right now. Hit that. You can hit really? it. Really? Cup check? Cup check. Wow. <laughs> Got my cup on, ready to go. You may be the first radio host ever to come fully cupped. <laughs> Maybe. For a show. Maybe. But, uh, you know, we got pictures and stuff we're going to have to – yesterday was a, a, a tough day for Benny, so I want to apologize. You had to cover a lot of ground by yourself, so I do apologize for that. No problem. Uh, you did great from what I hear. I heard you were hot, talking about hot dogs. I heard that was a topic of discussion. People were, were texting me. There were emails and tweets. Ben was talking about hot dogs and things like that. So good, good for you. And uh, congratulations to you as well for winning. For win, we won a game yesterday. Oh my yeah. God! Finally, the uh, the losing streak was over. <laughs> Thank you, Frankie. But but the, now the new losing streak has started. <laughs> so we went one and one yesterday. Also, want to introduce our pal Frank Marchese. Oh, hey, the Italian Paul back in the uh, studio holding it down. Good morning, Frankie. Good morning. Am I to your left, right, center, <laughs> upside down? Buddy, I, I don't know where you are. I'm a bit, I'm a bit out of sorts. Um, You're 300 miles to our right, that, I think. That's exactly right. I'm, I'm a bit out of sorts. Uh, but, no, we did finally win a game yesterday. It felt great. Um, didn't play particularly well. Uh, not swinging the bat very well. Not swinging the bat very well at all. Uh, finally ended up hitting a – crushed a double yesterday, but – I struck out off a machine yesterday. Ooh. Well, yeah. I've heard it's a pretty I, tough I machine. wasn't going to bring it up. Chavi's there. Chavi, he knows. I mean, it was a rough It was a rough day, dude. Was it one of those high-velocity machines that I they mean, used to train? You know, it's not. It wasn't. It up, it, 102. What would you no. say it was? 65, 70? <laughs> Top. Top. <laughs> Top. <laughs> Just to let you know, it's different than the machine. Oh, it's way different. Yeah, so, it's way different. Uh, at Fantasy Camp, they made this adjustment a couple of years ago, realizing we don't have enough arms. There's not enough arms to get through all the innings. To last There's throughout the week, especially when they try to preserve everybody's arms. Correct. You can only pitch a maximum of three innings. Correct. So you need a handful of guys that can throw. So every every other, every game, other day, every two days, yeah. every two days out of the four or five days out here, we have the machine pitch games. They go. It takes about 45 minutes to the play games seven are innings. So fast because <laughs> it's just pop. Ground out, ground out, pop out, ground out, pop out, strike out, whatever. But I was one of the more embarrassing uh, moments of my life. I'm, I'm not a great baseball player, but I'm not. I, I'm good enough to not strike out on a machine. There were some other guys that did as well. I didn't feel too terrible about it. Um, but you know, I needed, I needed to come through in that moment. It doesn't matter. We ended up, uh, we lo- we lost that game, uh, but we did win earlier. I was on the bump for the last three innings. Uh, was all over the place. I mean, as wild as as Nuke Lelouch. Uh, I hit. Three guys, one square in the ass, signed an autograph on that bump for him. Um, I couldn't throw a fastball at all, so I just started throwing curveballs, and they couldn't hit it. So I just kept throwing. I must have thrown 15 straight curveballs. My elbow is screaming. So when I walked out right after the show was over, you guys were in the last inning. Woods was on the mound, and they were winning, so they were trying to hold on to the lead. First thing I see, Randy Jones drives me in his golf cart over there. Woods gives up this just absolute I mean, laser into the gap. Paul is out in right field, but he's kind of it was a shaded lefty. over lefty. to the line because it's a lefty, and it is in deep center, right center gap. 
Paulie's got to chase it all the way to the wall. He pissed on this ball. I mean, uh, what? Hon- I was like, honestly, Whoa. the third base coach, um, and I forget which team you were playing, gave the stop sign to third. He could have scored. Could have been an inside the yeah. park home run. He could have uh, Stopped at third with the triple, but then you struck out. The next, next two. Next two guys. I stranded him at third. Get out of the inning, and uh, you guys closed it out with yep. a fly ball. Pauly caught the fly ball in right. Which was so poetic. Um, and you guys did get your one win. Yeah, it was great. Um, it, it felt so nice to win a game again. I'm, the trade deadline is today. Now, I'll, I'll tell you guys this. He's not here yet. Terry Kennedy is our manager. Terry Kennedy doesn't like me very much. I'm just going to say that. I, I don't know why. I don't know what I've done to rub him the wrong way. You guys have worked with me. That happens from time to time. I rub people the wrong way sometimes. I mean, all I've done for TK is everything he's asked. That's all I've done for him. I caught yesterday. He needed a catcher. I went and caught. He needs me to throw. I'll throw. You need me at short. You need me at second. You need me in wherever you need me. That's all I've done is everything he's asked. There's a better there's a good chance that your boy ends up traded today because I think they're allowed to trade, make one trade. And I think I'm to the point now, I'm going to call my agent, and I think I'm going to demand a trade. <laughs> I'm not getting what I need to win games, okay? So if you don't want me, then I don't want to be here. Is there a chance that with a 1-2 and two record that Terry Kennedy is on the hot seat? I, I sure hope so. And may not be around by tomorrow. You know what? I hope mm. he is. I hope he is on the hot seat. Do they ever fire fantasy you. managers in the middle of the week if they're not doing well? <laughs> I've never seen it. <laughs> But if anybody deserves it, listen, I'm a guy that needs. I mean, Mudd and Loretta went 0-6 oh, last year. And they but at least back. morale was high. Morale was very high. I am a guy, and you guys know this about me. I'm a guy that needs a little attaboy. A little paddle. I don't need much. Just a little, hey, nice job. Hey, I appreciate you working hard for me today. I give max effort. I don't, do, you know, I don't do dumb stuff. Are you subliminally sending this message to Terry Kennedy as well as Adam Klug? Uh, no, Adam's really good about giving me a pat on the back. He's really good about that. And all, and I told him when we first said, he's like, what do you need from me as a manager? I go, you know what? I need you to stay out of my way and tell me I'm doing a good job. That's all I need. I don't need anything else. And he's been really good about that. Of course, you know, Terry Kennedy played for the 1984 Padres, as many of the camp coaches yeah. did. Their manager was Dick Williams. My guess was oh my God, Dick man. was not the positive reinforcement You're right. You're right. type of manager. That's probably how he learned. And I would say that probably some of that has carried over into TK's style of managing. Very successful Dick Williams, Hall yeah. of Fame manager. Yeah, for sure. Not known for his kind and warm feelings toward uh, you know uh, running his ball club. Padre support group just nails it. He's just part of the business. Mm. You're right. You know what? I'm not going to take it personally if I get traded. I'm going to call my agent, my wife, and uh, let them know, hey, this is a possibility. I've already informed you know, the, the, the necessary parties that this could come down, and uh, I'm going to be ready, ready for it. And if I do get traded, I'm going to give my all to the next team, like I always do. Uh, speaking of giving your all, our friend Ben yesterday went out and had himself quite an afternoon on the company's dime. Tell everybody what you did when you got out of game, you saw us win, and then you bolted. Yeah, I went down and uh, played some golf at uh, the gold course at Wigwam, and I went out, and I ended up playing with a couple of ladies. Whoa. And, uh, you know, they definitely had played before. They played fast. I was like, I was happy. I mean, this is a good good pairing that I was put into. Ben likes them fast. Yeah. And Amanda and Martha. Hot, hot, hot. Hot. It it was was like 65 degrees. Were they hot? Um, you know, I think, I mean, one of them was in her like seventies, and another one was in her video host. My man, man. it's about that's why I'm here this week. That's true. You're not even doing TV. And she lights up and goes, "Oh, we're we're radio. I'm a radio family too, and we're here for fantasy camp as well." 
I go, okay. And she goes, my husband called Reds games for 40 years. And I go, <laughs> okay, well, then you're married to Marty Brenneman. That's the Hall of Famer. Because there's only one person who has called Cincinnati Reds games for 40 years. Marty retired, I think, three or four years ago. But uh, she's playing, and uh, she's on the front nine. She goes, I forgot my contacts. I'm going to call Marty and have him bring out my contact lenses. And so you're we, like, get, yes. we get to the turn, and, and Marty comes. And, and I had met him a couple of times when I was doing pre and post with Craig years ago, and we interviewed him. He was always a really nice guy. Uh, got to say hi. He stuck around for a little bit, and we took a couple of pictures. But I got to run into a Hall of Famer on the golf course yesterday, which was uh, very cool for me. And I played well and, and had a really good time, and it was a good round of golf. Are you not going to talk about the uh, 14-year-old oh, girl that you filmed? Okay, so you make it sound creepy, don't you? <laughs> Hang on. Hang on. Are those asked, the facts? I asked did, did you or did you not? Okay, you asked permission I, of a 14-year-old girl to film her. I did. So... Um, <laughs> Amanda and Martha had to leave to get to their – they had a fantasy camp Q&A with Marty at 5. So, so they, rad. They left like at 4.15. There were still two holes left. Behind me was um, a girl playing on her own. She was uh, – her mom was driving her in the car. Yeah. And she pulls up to 17, and I say, well, I'm alone now. Would you like to play the last couple of holes with me? Because we're just waiting, and there's a couple of groups in front of you us. You are a so smooth operator. I tee off. She gets up to the tee, and she's she doesn't go to the women's <coughs> tees. She's playing back at the men's tees. Unleashes, I would say, two ninety-five yard drive right down the middle. Four, Fourteen years old. I say, I get, uh, who are you again? He goes, my name is Ashley Shaw. I'm a freshman in high school. I play for my high school golf team. What's your handicap? She goes, I'm a plus two point two. Good God. Index. At and then, yeah, then the last hole, she that, that was like a three-wood, I think, too. She had about 280. <laughs> Takes a driver out on 18, 300 right down the middle. <laughs> Both approach shots on – and the last two holes are tough. Within 8, 10 feet, both of them on these high, just spinning, just – I mean – Beautiful. I, I think I met the next, the female Tiger Woods. That's like unreal. in a few years, you're going to hear this name, Ashley Shaw. Ashley go, Shaw. Well, she's winning all the So LPGA when did you film majors. her? So on the 18, after I had seen her shot on 17, I said, would you mind if I just, I, I you know, I just want to be able to show everybody that I played I with you, you and met you and played two golf holes with you when you are a famous golfer winning all the tournaments. So do you mind if I just take a video? And I did. I get a video of her taking her tee shot on a team. It was a prodigious drive. Could be down the middle. It could be construed as creepy. It could. When but we I sat asked down her, at but dinner, you're, you're such a. I asked her mother, "Is it okay?" But is you're it such all a right? golf, and and then he showed us the video. And you walk when she walks up to the ball, addresses the ball. You go, "Oh yeah, she can stripe it. There's no doubt about it. She knows what she's doing. Yeah, she knows exactly yeah. Uh, what she's doing. Now, uh, tonight is a night that you're going to have to leave the camera uh, inside. You can't where we're going. We don't need roads. Where we're going, you don't need my uh, favorite movie. Cell phone. I know. So I did it. Uh, tonight is going to be a very special night for the Ben and Woods program. We have to go to break right now. So um, we'll just tease it. We'll tease it. We'll tease it. We'll tell you all the all the details of what's coming up uh, this evening. Well, One of the uh, finer establishments in the uh, northwest Phoenix area. I would say based on where we are and and what we read are we about it. It's Chris. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's uh, it's I, I'd give it a good. We'll, we'll have a full report tomorrow, but I would say, based on what I've seen, it's a good C-minus spot, So, which is, which is perfect. 
Uh, we will talk about that uh, coming up next. Lots of fantasy campers coming up, including, I believe, Mark Loretta is going to sit down with us here this hour. So I'll, I'll let you know some of the uh, rest that's coming up. When we come back, it is Wednesday morning. We're at Fantasy Camp in Peoria, Arizona. Do not go away. We'll check traffic. Be right back with more here on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Well, welcome back. It's Ben and Woods on 97.3 The Fan. We are live from uh, Fantasy Camp Peoria, Arizona. And this is, uh, this is the great rap, round and round. This is, this is one of, of many, many songs that you may uh, hear tonight. And I'll just go ahead and throw it out there. Our, our guy, Ben, here. Years ago, we had, we're going know, to a hair metal concert. I, I would love to. You know, I would love to take you. I don't think you'd have as good a time there as you will tonight. But uh, we found out years and years ago uh, that Ben had never, vid- never, ever, ever set foot visited a, uh, a gentleman's club, uh, a gentleman's establishment, a cabaret, if you will. And um, I said, well, I'm not someone that frequents them. Uh, I was, there was a time. There was a time and place for that uh, in my youth. And now, as a noted respecter of women, um, I, I tend to avoid those, but you can, I, I don't think, I don't think one takes away from the other. You know what I'm saying? Like you can still be a respecter of women and go and enjoy a night out with the guys. It's more for just taking you to experience some things. You're, you're a bit of a rube in, in, in <laughs> some things. Just, you haven't, you haven't experienced a lot, kind of a, a babe in the woods. Does that make sense? It's fair. Like, a like, um, just naive a little bit. Sheltered. Sheltered. I'm trying to make you a little bit more streetwise. Yeah, All right? So we decided we were going to do this. Uh, and and Paulie and I did some research on the way out. And uh, so last night we're sitting at dinner. And we've been hinting around it. And Ben says to me, hey, I thought of a great bit today on the golf course. And I said, I love bits. Let's hear it. And he says, so I was talking to Marty Brennan. Marty Brennan. Yeah. And he actually calls the action of the fantasy camp game. The, the championship game. He He's gets on the mic. The, yeah. So out here on Friday, 
whether you're in the last place game or the championship game, all games are played in the big yeah. Peoria Stadium. It's pretty freaking cool. It's really cool. Yeah, it is so the much same fun. Down in Surprise. Down in Surprise for the and Reds. Marty the Reds Brenneman, do, right? the legendary Marty Brenneman, does play-by-play for the championship day at Reds uh, camp. Yeah, uh, Amanda said the campers love it. It's like one of their favorite <laughs> things. Yeah, it's you get legendary. a Hall of Famer calling your game. Yeah. At spring training on the big field. It's very, uh, it's a very legendary thing. And Ben said, "Here's a great bit idea. We could say tomorrow, let's get Uncle Teddy to do the Padres games, and then we'll have Frank play the clip that says, uh, bite me.'" And I looked at him. I said, "All right, that's not a bit. That's just a funny quip." And I said, "Leave the bits to me, and you do what you do best, at, and I'll do what I do that's, best." That's at. not that's a bit. That's not a bit. That's a one second. It's a one second joke. Marty, somewhat I, funny. Joke. Here's Marty a concept. Bite me. There you go. Marty and I both agreed that <laughs> Ted Leitner probably would say no. Wouldn't love calling fantasy camp action. Correct. I could be wrong, but didn't seem like he'd probably have some snarky comments so, about the campers. But the point of my story is to tell you that that's what he ran in all excited to tell us. Tease us, Tease like us six we, hours early. Yes, I got a good one. Okay. Well, later on we're paying the check and we're about to get out of there. And he casually drops. Tell them what you look. Tell them what you casually dropped on me. So, knowing how you think and what you have in store, and you've been it around it for a while, I did what I think a normal person would do, and I did some internet research. <laughs> you know, like when you're gonna have when you're gonna have your first baby, you read what to expect when you're expecting the book. <laughs> yes, I thought I, there must be an equivalent online. What to expect when you're going to a strip club for the first it's time. It's a gentleman's establishment. A gentleman's establishment. Yes. Just you so really I, did that. Just so I could understand the protocols and procedures and not embarrass myself or you or Paul with perhaps, you know. Some untoward un- behavior? Yeah. Well, I just didn't want to, you know, do – I didn't want to step out of line. I didn't want to I, – I, mostly I wanted to, know, like – how, how? What do you tip? How do you tip? How does it work? What are you supposed to do? I wanted to make sure that I had all my ducks in a row. All right, so for the record, the next time you think something is funny, keep it to yourself. The next time you think something is mundane, tell it to me because you're funny isn't funny. Your mundane is the greatest. It's like finding a, 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 a treasure trove of gold bullion. He just casually dropped it in. Yeah, I actually did a Google search on it today, and I, the, I hit like, the brakes. Dude, start with that. Lead with, come in to dinner and go, hey, you guys will never believe what I did. I went and looked at what to expect when you go to your first. You were on Reddit, looking at Reddit <laughs> threads of what to do. There was good information. Did you know? Will you feed me? I need If some. we go early, oftentimes before 7, there's a lower or no cover charge. <laughs> Kind of the off hours, you can get oh, a good, God. you can get discounts at non-prime <laughs> peak times. Do they do a two for one? Sometimes, yeah. There's uh, and there's nightly, different nightly specials, <laughs> food or uh, you know, uh, surprisingly, they said the food is usually pretty good at a lot of these places. There's been a couple back in back home. Yeah, I was, the uh, reviews for the place we're going tonight. Everyone was like, "Get the steak." Get the steak. Get the steak. <laughs> One of the best steaks I've had in Phoenix. Steak. I'm like, mm. I can't really picture. Hey, how you doing? Do you like the Aztecs, too? I would eat. Let's see. Jaden Ladia, you believe in three free throws the other night. Can you get the Aztecs game on here? I've got the food menu open uh, for tonight. Hold the food menu, Paul. I want to give me more FAQs. What else? Well, are you supposed to talk? 
to the performers at all? Or are you supposed to stay silent and just Statuesque? Yes. And I didn't really yes, totally Yes, I get really it. am enjoying this. This is, you are really talented. Well, they did say you you shouldn't really. Did you know Jaden McGee leads the Mountain West in every offensive category? <laughs> and you don't really want to touch anything. You just, just keep yeah. your hands. Yeah. <laughs> Keep your hands by your side. Loose. Try to be loose. I can't be loose. You are not, not he'll, loose. He'll be like this, <laughs> sitting straight up. Be loose. Kind of. I mean, we did we did a live stream. I can't get loose when I'm sitting with you guys on a couch That's in true. an Airbnb. Ask her I'm what. Not, ask her what she thinks about run differential. <laughs> are you surprised the run? Di- so I can. I mean, there's music playing. I oh yeah, it's, it's loud. Yeah, and I but I picture him going. A lot of sports here. So what do you gravitate? Are you Coyotes, Suns, Cardinals, D-backs? Did you get on the D-backs train last year? I would give I would give an ungodly amount of money to have him with a lavalier on so that we could oh rec- – I, I don't know how we do it, but I would do anything to hear like, hi, how are you? This is – I mean, just his – just who he is, his personality – it's going to be so much fun. My name is uh, Porsche. Did you catch uh, a game last night? <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to be smoother, Ben tonight or Carving Guy? <laughs> Holy cow. Well, I can't wait, man. We are going to have such a good time. We're going to have such a good time um, together. It's, just, it's always fun to bond. I don't necessarily believe that. I am a We're going to have a great time. I'm going to be uncomfortable. <laughs> yes. You won't be. You won't be. I promise you. We're going to get in there. There's a reason I haven't been in my first 48 years, and that is because I know ultimately I'm just going to feel – I'm not going to be able to let loose. I don't let loose. I'm not a, I'm not a person who lets loose. You and don't really that let I read, loose. They said the most important thing is to just let loose and have a good time. Is what it said in my research. And I go, that is not my wheelhouse, letting loose and having a good time. I'm going to make – I like well-mannered frivolity. I'm going to make sure. It is well-mannered frivolity. Oh, yeah. just hap- it just happens to be topless, well-mannered frivolity. Uh, but we'll get in there, and we'll set up a, a, an area. I'll cover. You're not. How much? You said we you set went, up an area. You said you went to the, uh, the ATM last night. How, yes. how much did you pull out? 200. What are you trying to do oh, in there, Ben? Ben, you know. that's, what, that's what it said. <laughs> oh, my they God. It's not that kind of place, man. I'm just kidding. That's plenty. You're good. Uh, I got you covered. You're going to have a... I mean, it doesn't mean I have to spend every dollar of it. I can. That's but the I, thing I'm most excited. Watching him they said peel make, the money away from himself. They said to make sure you have a, a variety of denominations okay. for different tipping functions. Okay. So I did that. And $200 will get you uh, 15 minutes in the VIP See, that's room. it. See, that's nothing. Unless we're only staying 15 minutes. No, we're staying longer than 15 okay. minutes. Are we going, going to the VIP night. room or no? If you want to go, buddy, if you want to go to the VIP room, I'm going to send you to the VIP room. So I'm on the, the website for the establishment. They have frequently asked questions about oh, the see? VIP room. There you go. How many girls are included in the room rentals? How many people can the rooms accommodate? Can the, you want me to go in there with you? Can the TV sound be turned on? <laughs> I like that. If there's a game on, can we get the audio? Um, you know, there's an Aztecs game tonight. There is an so Aztecs game tonight. Have the Aztecs game on. Do you get CBS Sports Network? Is that in there? You want me to go in there with you? I'll go in there with you. I'll, I'll hold your hand in there. Uh, you you going by yourself? Is that? I thought it was like a like a large room for many people. I got to like, tell you, I don't, I don't know that I've ever been more excited for a Wednesday night in my entire life. In my entire life, I will be inviting all the campers as well. So uh, it's going to be a really fun time. We'll report back tomorrow. 
Okay. And uh, Ben, can I interest you in a seven dollar steak frites? <laughs> wow, Ooh, that's steak great frites. Is that a Wednesday night special? That's fantastic. That's the everyday special, my friend. Six wow. ounces of steak with some fries, all cooked to your order. You know they're making it up somewhere else, though. If that's if they're only charging you seven for the steak, the, the drinks are more expensive. Yeah, drinks are usually pretty expensive. Somewhere they're gonna get you. Well, I I just can't wait uh, for tomorrow. Thanks for uh, I, I don't I want to say thanks for being a good sport. We're taking you to a gentleman's club. It's not like we're dragging you to a, a, a insurance seminar and making you sit through it for three hours. This is gonna be a fun guys' night out, girls' night out. Anybody that wants to come, um, it's just gonna be. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, let's take a time out. We'll come back. We're at Fantasy Camp. I believe Mark Loretta. I haven't seen him yet, but There's I believe. There's a few guys rolling around. We're just Mark going to be Loretta, wheeling people over. Should join Marky us. Marky maybe Gary Templeton. When we now, come back. Ricky Huerta is the uh, big league trainer. He could tell us what everybody looks like naked. <laughs> everybody on the team. He's seen every one of them nude. Yeah, it's true. Different kind of establishment. <laughs> he probably but, won't, though. Ben Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseballs and boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Ben Woods live from Padres Fantasy Camp is brought to you by your San Diego County Toyota dealers. We make it easy. We're going to have Mark Loretta joining us coming up right after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. So I saw on the schedule that the uh, the Net Cutters, which is your team, coached by Terry Kennedy and Dave Dravecki, today will be facing the Low Ride and Mud Flats. Correct. Which is the team coached by Mark Grant and our next guest here on Ben and Woods. The great Mark Loretta with us here on 97.3 The Fan. Hello, good morning. Good morning, boys. So good, glad to have you here. This is awesome. Welcome back to the uh, the Ben and Woods program. You're looking good. You're well, looking thanks, great. Bro. You look like... Let's get the Peter Seidler stash Yeah, you never, you never age, man. No, I do. I do it for sure. And, and the stash, yeah, we decided to do a little homage to Peter with uh, Mud's doing it and obviously Tom's doing it. It's a lot of red in my beard. I have a lot of white in my red well, beard. So do I. I have white. But red, the red's coming in. Would you die? Did you have Would red you? hair? I, didn't, I don't remember. No, but you my brother's got orange hair, hair really? so it's like uh, it's natural. <laughs> but yeah, we got the Irish, the Irish influence coming through. Huh? Would you dye it? 
Have you thought about dyeing yours? Because no. I dyed mine last year at, at camp because I did one with Peter when Peter had his big honker. His dead I, wood. I, I, went, I went and shaved mine. I dyed mine brown, and he and I got a great picture together uh, the last time we talked to him. Yeah. Obviously, such a uh, such a tremendous loss. Oh, yeah. Um, and, a, and a, you know, I mean, when he passed away – you know, we did a we did a four hour show about him, and I pro- probably could have gone probably could have gone another few days. Yeah, uh, the legacy he left behind. You're in the building a lot. Yeah, um, and and what was it like for for you guys there? It was shocking. I mean, you know, we we, we knew he was struggling with his health, but uh, you know, it kind of came out of nowhere in some ways. But yeah, I mean, it's the outpouring of of love and support that came after his passing, and that that's kind of sometimes the unfortunate thing about life is that yeah, is that you don't you don't really you know honor somebody or or really give them the accolades they deserve until they've passed but uh no i mean his imprint on on not just the padres but the san diego community what he did with the homeless situation just his spirit of giving you know the padre foundation is now has taken a huge step forward it's it's got a you know several million dollars in its corpus and it's doing a lot of good things in, in san diego it's really awesome he you know what he did too for the fan base um that i think the fan base desperately needed at the time he was such a calming uh, person, but as an owner, he was very calming. He would come on the air, and he would say, look, everything's okay. We're going to be fine. I'm going to do this. And, I'm, and he did every damn thing he said he was going to do. He did. And, and, you know, since he's been gone, well, it's, it's gotten a little rockier again, and fans are a little more nervous about the direction of the future. What, what do you know? What can you tell uh, the fans out there? If you're a Padre fan today, and you're, you know, you know you're going to be watching. You know you're going to be going to the games. You know you're going to be buying the merch. You're going to support the team. Is should they be a little calmer than they are, or do they have a right to be a little, <laughs> a little scared right now? That's kind of the uh, the thing about fandom, right? You go, you go up and down. You have your ups and downs. But I think, I think what Peter's legacy is going to be is that the Padres are never going to go back to being that, you know, that bottom feeder in terms of payroll or or whatever i mean i think the excuse of being a small market team peter completely took away he did and i think that's going to continue with eric Cinda and and obviously eric grupner and that group is eh, pun intended uh is is very committed to you know to not only putting a great product on the field but what they've done with petco park sure and wait till you see how how this park in the park turns out it looks amazing so far unbelievable they gutted it yeah i mean so they've They've really kept Petco looking like it's it's less than five years old, and that and that is tremendous. So it's 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 a great experience to go down there. Obviously, the team uh, is the big thing, but um, I'm optimistic. I think last year, team didn't play great for sure, but there was a lot of bad luck too. I mean, to lose all, every single extra inning game, <laughs> that's I mean, unbelievable. You could flip, that's a flip a coin. <laughs> it was. So I do think there was some things that that got went haywire. I think the WBC was a factor. <laughs> Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how it starts out. But I, I, I like I like where the team is right now. Talking to Mark Loretta here at Padres Fantasy Camp. Mark, what's your read on the Padres offseason so far? They've addressed some pitching needs with the Juan Soto trade, with the signings of a couple of relief pitchers out of Asia. Still, obviously, some needs outfield. But you look at the free agent market, and there's a lot of guys still out there who haven't signed yet some big names that are still out there where do you kind of read where the Padres are and what might still be in store i think you're right i think it's kind of incomplete at this point i mean they've, they've addressed the bullpen I, I like the bullpen a lot of options towards the back end it's very deep obviously i think need need another starter or two i think you can you can pencil in king for that number three spot and then a couple of the other yankee trades could be you know fill out the four or five but um you know i, I think i think there's a center fielder coming probably on the free agent market i think uh, starter, you know, I think AJ is very adept at 
kind of waiting it out, like 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 the walk on the Lugo signing last year. Now those those, those everybody's looking for those diamonds in the rough, sure. of course. But he's as good as anybody is finding them. No doubt, and that's hard to do. Waiting is is the hardest part. Tom that's Petty, right. Tom Petty <laughs> said that, and and he was absolutely right uh, when he said that the waiting is the hardest part because you want to. If you see somebody you like, you want to go get them. Of course. But you know, eh, if I wait a week even, uh, it could come down. Take, take us through for you when you played. Did you ever run up uh, in your career to have a an off season where you were a free agent and some teams were interested and you had a couple options or maybe they weren't interested yet? And <laughs> what's that like going through that uh, in the off season of telling your wife, like, I don't know what to tell you. I'm I'm calling my agent every single day. We've been through that in the radio business. It's right. not easy. It's stressful. The ambiguity is not easy for sure. And, and actually, when I came to the Padres, I was coming off a, uh, a like a three month stint with the Astros. I got traded from the Brewers, and I, you know, I wasn't a big you know Sterling free agent. I was coming off a, kind of a down year. And it was touch and go. I mean, we get, you get to Christmas, you get to New Year's, you're like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm talking to Kevin Towers. I'm almost saying, Kevin, please. You know, I'll, let's I'll go. Just take me. Just pick me. <laughs> just, just take me. me. I'll sign. Yeah, yeah. and they, they, they were in, in talks with a guy named Edgardo Alfonso. Oh, remember yeah. that name? Yep. And, uh, you know, they had offered him a four-year deal. He ended up going to the Mets, and, and thank God, I, you know, Kevin's like, all right, here, here's the one-year deal. <laughs> You know, Kevin looks show brilliant. me something. Kevin looks brilliant. Mark had a great season. <laughs> yeah. And so. you were too happy to sign that Oh, deal. my God. I mean, I'm a you know, Southern California guy. I'm like, this is perfect. Boach, all that stuff. I mean, it changed my life. I mean, I, I wouldn't be here today had I not signed with San Diego in 2003 as a free agent. Talking to Mark Loretta here on Ben and Woods this morning. Let's talk about, uh, let's talk about Boach for a second. That team last year down the stretch, uh, the Texas Rangers, you know, comes out of of semi-retirement and and all right i'll take the gig right and goes down he's got a good front office got a good young pool of talent to work with there was a time in september where they were like they they not only will they lose the division they probably won't make the playoffs boach uh, with you know the players can't do it without the players uh the way they turned it around the way that they won every single game on the road Tell us a little bit about your experiences with Boach and, and why you – did you have a feeling like they're going to be fine? He's going to get them there? Yeah, you mentioned the, the calming influence that like a guy like Peter Seidler had. I think Boach the same way. You know, he doesn't get too high or too low. I mean, he, he, gets, he gets animated. He gets excited. But, you know, when he took that job, you know, he called me a few days later. He goes, low, do you think I'm crazy? <laughs> <laughs> I said, Boach, if you love it, do it. You know, and I, you know, and said, what about your wife? And she's like, oh, that's great. And so – um, yeah, I mean, they just got hot at the right time, and it, it just it just nails home the fact you got to get into the tournament, got right? It. You got to get in. If you get in, even as a wild card, you know, it, it, it can happen for you. So that's that's the mantra: get in and see what happens. Of course, so many of uh, Boach's 1984 Padres teammates are here at fantasy camp this week. And Mark, you're kind of you're kind of in the middle of that the generation before you. Some of the guys who were here, like Terry Kennedy and, and Dave Dravecki and uh, Goose Gossage, uh, those players, and then the current players that you're seeing. What kind of changes have you seen between, like, the 1980s and now in baseball and just the attitudes of players and well, how they approach it? We know how Goose feels about the new guys. Did he <laughs> yeah. feel that way about you guys, the new, yes, cr- the new is, crop? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm I think at. it's very natural. It's just kind of a thing where it's like, you know, we were better than these guys, or they have it too easy, yes, or yes. they make too much yeah. money. Yes, or yes. It, But it's always been the same type of thing. It's kind of like being a parent, right? You're like, I, I didn't do that when I was a kid. Why yep. are they doing that? Yeah. 
So, you know, I think you take that into consideration. It, the, the game has changed. The world has changed. Yes. I think technology has changed, you know, society, but particularly baseball, you know, tremendously. Massive. I mean, these guys are their own brands. They're, they're texting, they're tweeting, they're putting stuff on, on social media. I think the pressure now is as great as ever. Uh, everybody knows exactly what you're making. They know exactly where you are every single day. It's, it's tough to live. We we had, you know, the guys in the 80s and, and my generation, you know, we had that kind of, we could blend in a little bit. We could go places. We could do stuff. These guys can't do that. They're True. targets. And, uh, you know, to whom much is given, much is expected. Uh, you know, and I, and I think that's it's not an easy time to be a to be a professional athlete. That's it's such a good point. I mean, and to hear it, you know, from somebody that that has seen it, and you know, I, it's so refreshing. It was really refreshing for me because Jake Peavy is as old school as it gets. I think you know everybody would say, "Oh, that guy plays old. He played old school. Hell, he still wants the ball right now. He wants the ball absolutely." Um, but to watch him go and and have fun with the Savannah Bananas, yeah. it blew my mind. Because out of all the players in baseball, he would have been at the bottom of my list of guys that I thought <laughs> he's going to be a Savannah banana. It really yeah. it's true. And to watch him embrace that. Now, the bananas aren't for me. They're for my kids. But to watch PB go, I like this, and I'm going to embrace this, I thought that was that's awesome. Well, really I mean, Jake's special. an entertainer, man. We're gonna we're gonna get a great chance tomorrow to to sit down with Flan and and Peavy and, and have them play music. I brought my guitar too. They didn't. They haven't invited me. I just want to <laughs> yeah. sit in with them. Well, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll just unplug your amp. How about I don't that? have an amp. I oh, just you have an acoustic. Amp. Okay, acoustic. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll mix you in. All right. Fine. <laughs> I feel like such an outsider, but yeah. uh, no, no, it's just it's cool. It's cool to see uh, guys like yourself too that understand. Hey, I, I know it's different. It looks different. The game, it's, yeah. it, it, it plays different. But these guys are pretty incredible at what they do. Yeah, but the, you know the game is still great. It's still it's still the same game. You know, you, you, and and guys struggle with with the same same things we struggled with. I mean, when you're 0 for 15, 0 for 20, it's like I'll never get a hit again. You know, I so can the, relate right the, now actually. Yeah. Fantasy <laughs> camp, so yeah, the mental strain that these guys are under on an everyday basis. You're never safe in baseball. Ever. Never. Not, even if you're on a hot streak, you're you're one couple day away from being in a slump, and it's, so it's it's tough. Speaking of that, what? Mark, can you tell us about this rumored fantasy camp trade deadline? And are there any negotiations ongoing that we should know about? Anything that could come down before the deadline? I think there might be something. There's some rumors <laughs> in, the, in the trading in, in the uh, coaches' room. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We I think we instituted this year that we have a trading deadline coming up. So uh, I don't know. I mean, Woodsy, today might be a big day for you. Uh, we'll see. I got to call my agent. We'll see what uh, John Heyman is reporting yeah, so far. It's not true unless Jeff Passan. Oh, Jeff Passan. Yeah, he's Jeff the Passan guy. He's the, the gatekeeper. Uh, listen, I just, yeah, I, <laughs> I just want to play. I, I want to play somewhere where I'm wanted. Yeah, you know? well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I know I'm not playing my best, but I'll give you everything I got. Every no, I, time, I heard time. you hit a ball off the warning track I yesterday. Did. Okay, I did. I well, after a strikeout. So I you, did strike out. You yes. know what? You put that at bat behind you. I did. You, you probably snapped a little bit on the strikeout. I'm not sure I wasn't over there. <laughs> Woods is on record. He he thinks TK doesn't like him. Yeah, for sure. I don't so, know. Did you ever? TK's have a, a surly guy. TK, I don't know if he likes anybody. <laughs> That's true. Did you ever have a manager that you thought didn't like you? Yes. You did. Yes, I did. Wow. I will, I will, it'll it'll be unnamed. A mystery. A mystery. Wasn't Boach, obviously. Was not Boach. Don Zimmer. You could probably figure it out if you if you dig deep enough. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know if it, uh, that was true. But and I wasn't playing great. How so when, when, not when, like Mark when Loretta. you're not playing great, <laughs> you feel like, like everybody hates you. Yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. Well, Mark, we always but, uh, appreciate your time, man. Thank you so yeah. much. Uh, I, you know, I, I played for you last year. We didn't get the job done, but. Uh, if you want hey, to we swept the doubleheader last year. We're back. The low-riding mud flaps are on a run. If you want to come get me, 
Oh. I'll give you everything I got. Okay. Okay. Just so All you right. know. Okay. If yeah. TK doesn't uh, doesn't doesn't appreciate it, I know you will. <laughs> Mark right. Loretta, everybody. Could Thanks for those, being here, guys. Could really be one of those situations it, awesome. where you switch teams, dugouts at the end of a game, right playing the them today, or they, just walk right across. Right right oh, yeah, that, that would be, be awesome. elite. <laughs> I just sorry, fellas. See you later. Hey, I'm out. Love you guys. <laughs> Love now, you, buddy. now I'm trying to kill yeah. you. <laughs> now, now, now you're my mortal enemy. Uh, Mark Loretta, one of the uh, fantasy coaches here at camp in Peoria, Arizona. Mark, thank you for joining thank you, us. You're welcome. Thanks for being uh, here, guys. got a couple minutes here before the top of the hour. We still have uh, more. We have some 1984 Padres, I believe, going to be dropping by later. Again, everything is a little in the air, you know, times and, and who's going to stop by. But I know Tim Flannery is going to be with us at some point. Can't wait uh, for that, Certainly man. looking forward to that. It's been a while since we've had Flan on. It's been forever. Which is, uh, which is a shame because Flannery is one of the best people to talk baseball with. I'm going to tell especially, you, Especially uh, 1980s Padres and just always great stories coming out of Flan. I'm going to tell you, he was hitting his grounders the other day. And obviously, you know, he was a longtime coach uh, for the Giants. You've never had fungos hit this well. So he's obviously got that down pretty well. He had about 40 guys standing in the outfield telling us stories about something as simple as the way he used to give his signs. And there were 40 guys standing there with our mouths wide open. And then he goes to Ashby. He goes, Ashby, what were my signs? And we're talking 30 years later. And Ashby's like, I remember. You go to the heart and then the S for slacks, and that means steel. It was incredible. Um, the, the, the person – that Tim Flannery is, it can't be overstated what a great human being he is. You, you just can't. Bro. I mean, you blew my mind when you said he had, if he was walking toward you. Th- those were, he, those were, those were, were another, those were like another, signals, different, like, another but still, team it doesn't mean anything. I'm just, yeah. I'm just faking out if I'm walking towards you. It's one thing. The if I'm walking away from you. The stories of him, wow. mess, the stories of him messing with other managers, with LaRusa and, 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 uh, you know, the, always the, the good battles against the Dodgers, and he always thought they had his signs. And the, the work that goes into – we always look at a third base coach and go, oh, cool, you're, like, giving some signs that the manager gives you, and then you're waving guys in. Man, it he is – He said it would be – there would be games in September, and just to keep guys loose, Bochy would do something like, we got bases loaded with Caminiti up, and he would call for a, uh, a, 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 a squeeze, squeeze bunt, squeeze bunt, and Flannery's sitting in third base box going, "What?" what? And then Bochy's just laughing. He's laughing, the <laughs> just messing with him. I'm like, "You gotta be kidding me!" It's a, baseball players are the most special breed uh, that there are, and nobody spins a yarn like Flan. So I'm excited to have him on. Can you imagine the consternation on social media if that <laughs> oh, got yeah. out back then? Oh, I know. Like, It'd be gracious. All right, we're one hour in the books. We'll come back. More guests from Fantasy Camp. Uh, we can talk a little bit about the Hall of Fame voting that is uh, getting close to being revealed as well. All coming up with Ben Woods here on 97 Through the Fan. Don't go away. Major League Baseball news has been a little light since the holidays, to be sure. Uh, the tiny bit of news this morning. Is there? Uh, you might have seen that um, Diamond Sports Group, the oh. parent company of Valleys, uh, apparently getting rescued, pulled out of bankruptcy. They're nearly $9 billion in debt uh, with an infusion of cash from Amazon, uh, which is going to become a partner, a minority partner in their group. Uh, now, I do believe that will affect a number of professional teams, 11 Major League Baseball, 15 NBA, 11 NHL teams in which Diamond Sports, Valley. Uh, has the broadcast rights. I don't believe this affects the San Diego Padres at all, though, Woods, in that they had already abandoned their agreement 
with the Padres in, remember, in the, what, about May of last season. Yes. When they didn't make their rights fee payments and Major League Baseball and the Padres took over production of the telecast. I don't think they can get that back. They, the deal is broken. It's over. So it, it's my understanding that this will not affect the Padres at all. It could affect other teams, though, and uh, keep some of the cash flowing so, for some of the regional sports network deals for other Major League Baseball clubs. But when you phrase it like it won't affect the Padres, that's a bad thing. We want it to affect the Padres. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> I would say, effect typically it, means, oh, whew, we've dodged a bullet there. It, it always depends on what else you've got in the works. And that's can true. You, can you make up for it and do something better? Um it uh, part of the deal means that Amazon Prime is going to be able to carry, I guess, some of the Bally's regional games. Okay. So you'll be able to see them uh, from other teams, at least, that have Bally's through there. So that's a little bit of baseball news this morning for you. But again, it's been pretty, pretty quiet since the holidays and not a ton of free agent signings. Maybe one small trade. You had that Dodgers Cubs trade. There hasn't yeah. been a lot going on yet. Very so. quiet. Luckily, we're at fantasy camp this week. You know, you know who's not quiet. Who is uh, not at quiet? all? The great Gary Templeton is not quiet at all. He's he's boisterous. He's loud. Tempe, welcome to the program. Welcome back to Ben and Woods. It's good to have you. Hey, thanks for having me. It's good to see you. Yeah, it's always good to see you guys. You, you look good. I'm trying. And the know. arm looks good. <laughs> Well, I'm doing the best I can right, right now for my age, you know what I'm saying? Now, it's funny because he gets on the radio and he plays like this sweet, kind, like, oh, I'm so happy to be here. On the field, dude, he is, he's chewing your ass out the whole time you're out there. Like, he's getting on you. And uh, it's always great to see Tempe out here, one of the uh, the slickest fielders ever to, to wear mm-hmm. a glove. How much work did you put in on your game defensively every day, Tempe? Well, I always came out when the pitchers was hitting and the pitchers hit for i think it was like 30 minutes so i put in a full 30 minutes of just working on my defense but then again when the uh extra man as we called them back in the day came out to hit then that's when i worked on my jumps on the balls when they would try to you know hit the ball up the middle or they pulled it you know reading it off the bat and stuff yeah because it's better reads and stuff like that but the actual work was done during uh when the pitchers hit, because, you know, the pitchers, some of them made contact, some of them didn't. So we <laughs> had a lot of, a lot of time to feel a bunch we of We don't balls. have to worry about that anymore in baseball. Right, right. <laughs> you don't have to worry about it now. So that means that you get guys hit longer, I guess. Because it's one thing, Ben. I'll tell you guys right now. Paul, you know this to be true. It's one thing. Tempe and Flan hit me 500 fungos in the last two days. No problem. Got every damn one of them, picked them up, made the throw. Right. First one comes in the game. Pick it, airmail it. And it's just a different game entirely when, when there's actual action. But uh, having these guys out here to kind of coach us through it and, and teach us what we're doing wrong is, is pretty special. So let's, I know tonight is uh, the night in there we're going to talk about uh, the 84 team. Ben is going to be your moderator. Uh, okay. I will tell you right now, he will cut you off if you go too long. That's what he does. <laughs> he will move you right along. But uh, how cool is it to see some of your old teammates and, and get to relive some, some of those war stories? Well, you know, it's been great. I mean, I was excited when I seen the lineup, uh, when they sent it to me, emailed it. And I was like, wow, because I hadn't seen DeVecchi in years. Uh, hadn't seen Lawler since, uh, you know, he left the, 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 the Padres. So that's been over, what, 30-something years. Uh, Goose, I've seen him off, off and on. Kennedy, hadn't seen him in quite a while. So I was just happy that I was going to be able to see some of the guys that I played with in 84 in the series and, 
you know, trade war stories. When you guys showed up uh, to Yuma spring training in 1984, did you have an idea that, you know, that team might be something special? Was that in everybody's mind that year, if you remember? Yeah, we, we knew we was going to be special. We What we did was, is well, what Jack McKeon did, well, Jack went out and got Goose, got Craig Leffers, and he got Greg Nettles. No, those were the pieces that we needed. <clears throat> got Carmelo Martinez. Um, and uh, But for the most part, the team was already set. Jack had set the pitching staff uh, the couple years before with Shaw, DeVecchi, um, Hawkins, Thurman. Whitson. Well, he went out and got Whitson. Yeah. Uh, and um, so, but the, 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 the core of that staff was all Padres minor leaguers. I, I think the quarter of bullpen was all from the from the system. So we knew that we was going to be a good ball team. You know, we had Garvey, and the only thing we didn't have was a second baseman. But Wiggins transitioned to second base, and so was he I, playing shortstop in the minors, or what was no, he? No, he was an outfielder. He was an outfielder and went to second base. I didn't remember that. He was an outfielder. Um, him and Tony Gwynn. They called uh, Wiggins and Tony Gwynn and Meg Reynolds up that year and that's the year that Rupert Jones got hurt and I think Gene Richards maybe had got hurt and then they put Tony and right and uh, uh, Wiggins in uh, t- Tony had played some center coming up as well and then he moved over to right yeah and, he moved to right and Wiggins yeah. moved to second base he moved to second base that spring training Dick Williams had him go and every day what he did was work on his game he spent the bulk of spring training, turning double plays. Uh, me and him was out there every single day turning double plays. And, and Wiggins, I mean, he caught on fast. He was, a, he was an athlete. So we knew we were special because we, we knew we could get on base and, and, and pitching. See, and that's the one thing we knew we could pitch. I mean, we had tremendous pitch. Our bullpen. So we knew that uh, it was going to be uh, a good year for us. Man, when you watch the game now, Tempe, and it's, I, I still, it still blows my mind. Uh, I became a baseball fan probably when I was about 10 years old, a, a hardcore baseball fan. Mm-hmm. And I still remember the days of guys running in, you know, you're, you're turning one, and here comes somebody, and he doesn't even get down. He just goes right for your knees, rolls you up, and you make the throw, and you get up and go back to your position. You do that now. We saw what happened last year. Tim Anderson <laughs> gets in a fist fight with Jose Ramirez because he came in just a little bit hard. Just a tiny, tiny little bit hard. Uh, the game obviously has changed. What do you think about, do you think it's smart, uh, some of the changes that they've made to baseball? I don't. Uh, uh, my personal, I, I just think it makes the players soft. Softer? Yeah, they're more softer because. Is it them? I wanted to ask this question. Is it the players or is it the organizations trying to protect pretty sizable investments or is it maybe a combo of both? You know, it might be a combo of both, but. You know, these guys now, they, they don't want to be touched. Yeah, for sure. And when I played, it was like if you was on first base and you didn't get your butt down there to take out the second baseman or shortstop to give you guys an extra and out, then, you know, you got reamed by, you know, <laughs> not the managers. You got reamed by your teammates, teammates. the veterans. Yeah. Because it happened to me my rookie year. I ran down and I just veered out Peel of the off. line. And when I came to the dugout, it was like eight veterans. They stopped me and told me, "You too fast to be veering off. You got to get down and knock somebody on their rear end." And I just think it just makes the game too soft because now double play, you can't touch a guy. 
What if, I mean, it's I, almost I, a guaranteed double play right now. If you get a grounder, yeah, you know, it's, it's almost guaranteed. It's guaranteed. Yeah. Because you can't touch them. Can't touch them. And then these infielders, they're so soft. If you do hit them, they want to fight. Why? <laughs> get the heck out of the way. Learn how to play around the bat. I love it. I think, to be fair, this isn't a baseball-only issue. In hockey, they've taken pretty much fighting out of the NHL yep. game. Football. In the, in the NFL, if they saw if quarterbacks from – 30 oh. years ago, saw how they protected quarterbacks mm-hmm. today. You can't tackle them below the knees. You can't tackle them above the shoulders. You can't shoulders. push them after they throw. You can't do anything at all. This is the sports. This is how sports are just conducted, especially as we talked about with the incredible investments and contracts they're putting in players. They don't want to see some guy go on the injured list for six months when they're paying him $30 million a year. Sure. Yeah, but they can still learn how to play around the bag. Yeah. I mean, even though it's not $30 million that we got paid, but the money, you know, at that particular time was great. And we just had to learn how to play around the bag. Yeah, for sure. Because I was telling some guys about that. Uh, some of the players here asked me, and I told them one year, Dave Parker told me he was going to get me. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'd be scared to death. I mean, come on, here's a guy 6'5 bearing down on you. The Cobra. I got the ball. I released it. He hit me. I turned to double play. And he just told me I was tough. You know, yeah. I got up, went back to short. That's amazing. You know, I mean, what a story. <laughs> you, that's the way the game was. Yeah, respect. You, well, you, infielders learned how to play around the bag. Yeah, without getting hurt. Now, the only time you got hurt is if the other infielder took his time getting the ball to you. So it was always the feed. The yeah, yeah. Like a quarterback who throws it over the middle when the linebacker's the ready to drill the receiver. <laughs> You got to you got to get there fast. You got to get there so, fast. Yeah, you so you know, the get thing drilled. was is when you, if I got the ball, I gave it to the second baseman. Then he could do his thing. But now, like you said, I see guys take their time, fire, catch it, fire. I mean, double play. So, I mean, I don't really like a lot of the changes because to me, when I watch the game, it's just not the same. Yeah, it doesn't look the same. It doesn't look the same or anything. So, for a lot of us veteran guys. It's, it's kind of hard to watch because, you know, it's, it's just not the same. You don't get the same feel. Sure. No, it, it makes sense. And, and, you know, we talked about it. And, and you know, I, I certainly respect the new way and I respect the old way uh, tremendously. Yeah. You know, that's how we grew up watching. I do think, you know, personally, I like to see my guys on the field. And, and if they don't know how to play around the bag, I'm glad that they're not playing around the bag anymore because that's mm-hmm. like you said, like, that's when they do get hurt. Um, as far as, as guys, are there any guys uh, in the big leagues now that you watch and say, he would have fit, he would have he worked back in, in our time? Well, it was a, it's a ton of them. I mean, you know, I uh, can't remember a lot of the guys' names that are playing now because, to be honest with you, I don't watch You don't that. watch a lot? I don't watch a lot because it's not the same. I don't get the same feeling. But I love Fernando Tatis the way he plays. I would say that he could play with us anytime because when we played, we had to run the first base. I watch so many games now, whether it's the Padres, Dodgers, whatever. Guys don't even run the first. Sure. You know, Dick Williams would take you out the game. Didn't matter who you were. Oh, it didn't matter. <laughs> Dick could tell you in a minute. He said it, don't, it doesn't cost nothing to run four times the first base. That's a good point. You know, it doesn't cost, <laughs> it doesn't cost nothing. Yeah. You know, you hustling, you help your team. Tatis, you know, to me is a, a fire starter. To watch him play, you know, I get inspired because I see him hustle, take the extra base. He does so many things that uh, 
to help a ball team out. Well, you've done so many things to help our ball clubs out here. We're so happy to have you out here at Fantasy Camp, and thank you for jumping on with us again. It's always a pleasure. Not a problem. It's always a pleasure. Appreciate you. Gary Templeton, 1984 Padres. Again, 40-year anniversary this year. And uh, my guess is we will be seeing some of these players out of Petco Park with some uh, fun events the Padres are going to be planning throughout this year, this uh, 40-year anniversary of the 1984 championship team usually right now we play take on woods uh we told you yesterday we are not going to be doing that this week here on remote if we did it would be brought to you by valvoline instant oil change it only takes 15 minutes you don't have to get out of your car for directions and discounts go to socaloilchange.com that's socaloilchange.com i will have more 1984 padres trivia though for you later with a chance to qualify for a trip to las vegas so stay tuned for that in the second half of Ben and Woods. Uh, we'll come back. we got more guests coming up. Uh, what do you have this morning? You guys, team pictures. Yeah, we and got then, oh, kangaroo You're here, though, the whole oh, kangaroo court. I was told, bring my wallet. I know Paulie. I heard a potential fine when yeah. I was just out there watching for a little bit yesterday. <sighs> Paulie and I are going to get, get hammered. Oh, and yeah. uh, I wish so much I could bring a camera in to show you guys what kangaroo court is like. But that would violate the sanctum. They would behead me. That would be, That's a, actually, that would be another is, kangaroo court fine. Oh, no. Like I said, they'd behead you. There's a guillotine <laughs> back there. They'd drag you to it. You, it's sacred in there. You it's extreme. It's way extreme. All right. We'll come back with more of that after a check of traffic. Ben Woods live from Padres Fantasy Camp. Peoria. Arizona on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Don't do this. It's time for Don't Do This. What were you thinking? Three stories from the world of sports that make us all shake our heads. Why? (laughs) How many times do I have to tell you? I'm sorry, I fudged up, guys. You idiot. You moron. You're a dumbass. The apple sometimes does far fall from the tree. Don't do this. Do not tweet that. With Ben and Woods. I like a Nickelback song or two. On 97.3 The Fan. Oh, and we're doing Don't Do This, too. Wow, this is just That's my fault jumped right for, into uh, it. That's fine. Are, are we? Oh, yeah. Okay, sorry yeah. about that. Here yeah, we go. We all got ran, it. Ran, this is a Don't Do This for oh, us. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. All right, I'll get us started on Don't Do This <laughs> Okay, today. sounds good. I'm glad. <laughs> the least uh, prepared. Like, so we had, um, we had Darko, remember, last week, coach of the uh, Toronto Raptors. Correct. And his epic rant. This, this is complete... A complete this crap. is a complete crap. Complete crap. This is complete crap. So uh, after that, Mike Brown of the Sacramento Kings had a pretty epic rant himself that involved the use of uh, video clips. Had a laptop. Had a laptop to show reporters how referees were uh, incorrectly calling. And uh, Mike Brown, unfortunately for his family, and this is the don't do this, he said, well, now we were going to go skiing during the All-Star break at the uh, Ritz-Carlton in Lake Tahoe, but... I can't afford it anymore. That's thanks a bit. To the 50, it is a bit. That's a bit. The $50,000 fine. But it's funny. He said, we're just going to have to skip. Unless the Ritz is willing to give us a discount, I don't think we can go on vacation anymore with our family. Because I was surprised. he got So he got twice as much as Darko did. That's crazy. Because Darko was talking about conspiracy theories yeah. and the you know refs being on the take, I basically. I think maybe the props. The use of the video props, and the get props probably got the uh, the extra twenty five grand tacked on to his fine, but uh, NBA coaches have been not so happy about the refereeing of late and taking it to uh, 
further and further extremes in their post-game press conferences. Well, uh, thank you, Benny. This one, this one made my heart hurt. Uh, legitimately, I like recoiled when I saw this. It happened over the weekend. They were doing uh, in Chicago. They were inducting uh, Jerry Krause, former GM of the Chicago Bulls, the architect of so many championships and great teams. Uh, they were inducting him into the uh, Ring of Honor there, there um, in, in Chicago, and his wife came to you know be there and, and wave, and the booze rained down upon her, um, and it was it made my it made me like sick to my stomach. Now, I have seen all sorts of, of theories saying, well, listen, this is because of the Last Dance and all that. Um, it really wasn't. There's there's plenty of video. I lived so I lived in Chicago at the time, um, and was there through, I think three championships. Jerry Krause got booed all the time. He got booed in their ring ceremony in 1997. In the, in the middle of in all in the of middle that. of all of it. So this isn't me going to bat for Jordan and the Last Dance. They certainly portrayed him. Jordan was not a fan of Jerry Krause, and I really don't think many of the players were. And what he did to Phil Jackson was odd. It was odd to say. Remember, the least. Michael Jordan was not a saint. No, in God, all of no. this no, either. No, no, yeah, no, no. obviously not like Jerry Krause made Michael Jordan's life easy either. I know, you know. So it, it's they didn't like each other. But uh, but but for his, his wife, his wife, his widow, his widow. It was so you saw her just, just kind of shake her hands like she couldn't believe what was happening. Um, I believe it was Jalen Rose that came over. Or, no, it was Ron Harper. Ron Harper and Jalen Rose came over, put his hand on her shoulder, kind of tried to calm her down. A, a sweet moment in a very, very sad moment. Um, there's a rule, though. Don't boo kids. Don't boo widows. Correct. Right? That's That should be a fairly, for even an arena crowd, even a, a wild arena crowd, that should be a uh, just a always don't do this. Yeah. All right. Uh, do do this. And now I'm really going to catch everybody off guard here. Oh, um, and I don't know if we can play the audio. You sent it to Frank, but our friend Brett Boone Ooh, yes. has a pretty uh, amazing guest coming up on his next podcast. Frank, correct? You, got, you got that audio ready? I do. Okay, right. so Brett Boone, we're out, I'm out here at Fantasy Camp, and Booney was here last year. He's an awesome, awesome coach, awesome dude to be around. He does a, a podcast on Odyssey as well. Um, it's called The... Boone approved? Boone approved? No. It's Brett Boone podcast? the hot corner something. Remember that we just did this bit. Taking two with Brett Boone. Let's no. get the name right before we play the clip. But he scored himself a. It's uh, just the Brett Boone podcast. Brett oh, Boone podcast. What a great Boone. name. Great name. Just keep it simple. <laughs> he, had a, he got a great guest. He grabbed Dion Sanders, Prime, Coach Prime, for his podcast. He texted me. He goes, hey, just had Prime on. If you guys are more than welcome to play these clips, the full podcast drops on. I believe he said Thursday or Friday. He, I said, do you want us to wait? He goes, no, play it now, and you guys can go and listen. But this is Deion Sanders when Booney asked him, so NFL is your next step? This is him talking about whether or not he's going to make the jump to the NFL. Jackson, now Boulder, NFL one day, is that in your, is that in your future? That's not my card. No? That's, that's, that would be tough for me to fathom uh, grown men making millions of dollars that don't want to play. You know how we felt about some guys. Yeah. Didn't yeah. want to play baseball. Like, you want to take the day off. Why? Why? You get compensated to play baseball. Why do you need a day off? I right. can never get over that with teammates. Like, you got to be in there and every day. All the time. And you was you was known as that gritty dude that just loved to play the game, man. And I, and I appreciated that about you. 
Yeah, so he, that's, that's his combo with him. He also talks about uh, Nick Saban and, and, you know, how he thinks Nick Saban is the greatest of all time. And uh, just uh, really, from the three clips I heard, I'm like, I'm fascinated. Dion's already in the back-in-my-day age. Yeah, yeah, he is. He is. He don't need a day off. Yeah. You're playing football out there. Well, now, Dion would go from one game to another in the same game. Same, same game. Different sports. Yes. Yeah, so Dion, uh, I don't know. I remember him, though, having turf toe issues quite a bit. And I think, I think, if memory serves, I think he played through them. Uh, but uh, should be a really, really good interview. And that kind of answers the question, is Dion going to make that jump uh, to the NFL next? It doesn't sound like he wants to in the slightest. Um, and, you know, we'll stay in Colorado for as long as he wants to. He's going to ride his own ticket. Now, remember, next he, he finished last in the Pac-12 this sure. year. Yeah, I mean, they, he, he, it was, it was there his first year there. They'd won one game the year before. This guy, he just pulls it out and just pees on everybody's accomplishments. Well, I, I'm not, well I, I'm not saying that you don't get Baby steps. I'm not saying you don't get a, a chance to turn it around, but generally coaches that finish last in their college conference aren't the ones the NFL teams come knocking on their door yeah, right I mean, it's, away. It's a fair point. It's a fair point. But, I mean, I think he's saying even if, even if he ripped off, you know, 13 wins next year, I don't think it's a yeah. jump he's going to make. It's not Dion's fault that the reaction to what he accomplished early in the season was far outsized for what it really was. No it doubt. Was, it was a, a cool upset win over TCU, yeah. which turned out not to be a great TCU team this year. A really exciting win over a mediocre Colorado State. Yep. Uh, come back, you know, oh, double overtime, whatever it All was. All the trash talking between yeah, the coaches. Opponent. It was amazing. And, uh, and then things started to pretty much devolve into a, a fairly pedestrian, not-so-great season for Colorado. It's just the, the sequence and the the media climate was right for everyone to jump on the Deion Sanders train. Yeah. I think he's a good coach. I think he was a great hire for Colorado. Um, but, yeah, last season was not necessarily a great season no. for the Buffaloes. No. And you got to keep that in context. Better. Yeah, better than it was. Better than it was. And, and you take baby steps moving forward. And that is uh, don't and do do this in one of the most um, haphazard. Un- haphazard and unprepared fashions that we've ever done. <laughs> That's, for a, Wednesday. that's saying a lot. Well, let's break early. Let's give Andy Ashby all the time he yeah. needs oh, for story time. Yes. He is the ringleader of Padres fan camp, the biggest jokester here, and I cannot wait for the stories that he tells. We have one story that's a tradition. tradition. He it's tells like, it uh, every year. It's like the Terminator at the Christmas show. Exactly. You have to tell the story. And then he said, I think I got another boat story for you guys. Right, he doesn't want to hear that. All right, that's all coming up next. Do not go away. You don't want to miss Ash here with Ben Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. off with Boomer and Valenti every Friday at 7 p.m. right here on 97.3 The Fan and on the free Odyssey app. Boomer Valenti give you their NFL picks, preview the uh, playoff games this weekend, all of it coming up on Fridays. It is presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos, brought to you by those who drink it and by Lowe's. Lowe's knows home improvement. Andy Ashby just sat down. We're going to get to a conversation with uh, the best storyteller at camp, was he there, what you say? He's yeah. up there, man, for Right sure. there, coming up right after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. 
And we're joined right now by uh, one of the keys to the 1998 Padres uh, run to the World Series. Uh, was on the team from 1993 through 1999. We are joined by pitcher and one of the camp coaches here. Andy Ashby is with us here on 97.3 The Fan. Ash, good morning to you. Good to see you. Good morning, you all. Thank you for having me. Uh, it is. He's a he's a king of fantasy camp out here. He's been out <laughs> here. He loves it. Uh, everyone loves playing on your team. Um, how's it been going for you guys so far? You know what? We played really well the first game, and I think everybody had a stroke the second and third game. Well, so. you ran into a, you ran into a buzzsaw <laughs> in the second game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They that's pretty good arms here. So yeah, uh, you're welcome. You know what? We're having fun, and that's the main thing. The passion that the people have when they get here is awesome. You know what impresses me? And I watch the coaches out here and how they get into it with the players and really doing some actual teaching and coaching. You guys have played at the highest stakes. At the top level of the game, World Series, this is like the lowest stage. Why don't you right? settle, settle down? But yet, says the guy that it doesn't suit up. Yet, you know? yet everyone <laughs> takes it so seriously. They're so passionate about it. I mean, these are just people who love baseball out here, and you no can doubt. really feel that. No doubt. That's the passion they have. They love it. They're living a dream. You know, it's fantasy world, you know. So to be able to go out there and try and teach them some little something, you know, every game, as long as they get better and they feel like they're getting better, and they stay out of the training room, I think uh, I think they enjoy the whole camp. It's really funny, too, because last year Booney was here, Brett Boone, and he goes, man, I got to tell you, I was dragging my ass here. He goes, I was like, oh, I had the time of my life. Jake Peavy, same thing, had never been before. He goes, I did not know how much I was going to love being out here. It's got to remind you guys, obviously not the talent and the caliber, but it's got to remind you of, of those old days. Oh, no doubt. It's great to get back with guys that you played with, that you watch play, hanging out in the clubhouse. That's what we do in the coach's room. Yeah. There's so many stories that have been told back there ever since we uh, got here. So uh, it's been awesome. Um, having Jake as my pitching coach, you know, he's one of the best. So it's uh, it's been a treat for me. Well, so there's a story that you told us years ago, and we've got a lot of new listeners on the program, and we've tried to tell it. It doesn't have the same uh, – it doesn't pack the same punches when you tell it. And – talking about the late, great Ken Caminiti and uh, what happened one, sp- one spring training game. Tell everybody one of, one of the best baseball stories I've ever heard again. Oh, my gosh. It was awesome. Well, everybody knows Ken Caminiti. God bless him. We miss him. Um, we're, we're in spring training. I think it was like the third, uh, second or third inning, and this guy is just Aaron Cammy out from the, the seats right next to third base. So this goes on, this goes on, and Brownie and I are in the dugout. Here comes Cammy off the field, and he goes right to Boach and says, hey, Boach, take me out of this game. And Boach is like, why? He said, take me out of the game. Cammy walks out of the dugout, and Brownie's like, we need to go with him. Something's going on. So we go in the clubhouse. Cammy has all his clothes off, puts his um, street clothes on, and walks right up and sits right next to the guy that was ragging him the whole time for like three innings, and the guy almost fell out of the chair. He didn't he, move. He, just, he didn't. But he was scared half to death, and Cammy just game-faced him. Brownie and I were sitting behind <laughs> the guy so Cammy wouldn't kill him, but it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life, and I guarantee you the guy never ragged another player ever. 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 <laughs> it's, it's one of the things you hear from, from first-time campers out here, uh, t- uh, talking to Andy Ashbeer. First-time campers come out here, and I was talking to a kid yesterday, and he was juggling, easy ground ball, kind of booted it. We were talking about it. I go, man, it's different, isn't it? And he goes, I'm never going to get on a player again. And I go, I know. <laughs> it, makes you, it makes you look at it and go, all right, 
I'm, I cannot, I can't bust these guys' balls for booting a ball because yeah. it's so easy to boot a ball. Yeah. I have to interrupt this regularly scheduled interview with Andy Ashby for a special announcement from the commissioner of the fantasy baseball camp, Randy Jones. Here you hand, go, Randy. hand the mic over. He's got an announcement to make. He needs well, to gentlemen, yes. Hello. Good morning. Hi, Randy. Good morning. You know, and as the commissioner and my coaches, and they all get together. Yep. Uh, something that we've never done in my 30 years of fantasy camp. There's a trade going It's on. happening. It's, trade. it's it's happening. I told them the trade deadline was 9 o'clock this morning, and it came down early this morning. The net cutters have traded Steve Woods to the Skunks for Joshua Smith. Woodsy has and been traded. I just, I just want you to know that these coaches, managers, they made these decisions. Okay. Terry Kennedy went on to, um, you know, ask, would you do me a favor and could you read this? Oh, yeah. We've got a statement. Here, here, Woodsy, the neck cutters have released a I'll statement. Read yeah, read, read, yeah, read your own you statement. Read I, I can't. I can't. The neck cutters feel that it, it's time to cut the cord with Mr. Woods. His time <laughs> with the team was contentious, and we feared he would not. He would vent his frustration on his radio show. We wish him our best in his future endeavors. There you go. This is phenomenal. Hey, this is phenomenal. First time ever in fantasy I'm camp. the first trade ever. 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 Go see the traveling secretary. He'll give you a phone number. All right. You call. You'll find. You'll meet your manager. I got to call my wife. Hey, really like, yeah. Hey, Gossage. Gossage comes in and goes, who in the hell's what? It was great. All right. Well, um. I'd just like to say uh, thank you to, to Terry Kennedy, uh, number one, and, of course, Dave Jervecki uh, for, the, for the opportunity. I uh, gave him my best, certainly, and uh, I'm looking forward to, to joining a, a team that wants me there and appreciates passion, hard work, dedication, hey, uh, and that's what I'm going I'm to give him. We're moving his locker right now. Yeah, they're, oh, they're, they're moving they're, my yeah, stuff? They're going to move your stuff. Cleaning me out? You're going to have to walk out <laughs> of the clubhouse and reenter because you're, you're no longer – with your trading? team, so you're traded. Yeah. yeah, traded. So call your wife, tell her you got to pack your. Is truck. that your team? Yes. Uh, oh, all right. Now, now we're talking here. Yeah. Tim Flannery, my new manager. Yeah. I know he did, and I wanted him. Well, too. he's just excited. They didn't say they had to pick up a couple of prospects as well for them to take on your salary. So, so no, this is what it yeah. feels like. This is not a good feeling. I'll tell you right now, it's not the best feeling in the world to get traded. It's a yeah. Hey, yeah. Woodsy, change is not bad. That's true. Go over there and work your butt off. Oh, you know I will. <laughs> I know it. It's like that scene in Major League. Hey, you may think I'm S now, yeah. but I'm going to catch on somewhere else. And every time I pitch against you, I'm going to stick it up. <laughs> your barn door. <laughs> I love it. First trade ever. Flan, we're going to take it to him. We're going to let him have it. All Thank right. you, Flan. Thanks. It's nice to be somewhere where I'm this wanted now appreciate it. This is the possibility now of uh, Woods versus Rindle. Woods versus Rindle now. Here this we go. Be a first time ever. First time ever. All right. I'm here for it. Whatever you guys need, uh, I'm here. I'm here to. Uh, I've done my job. Good Thank job, you. Randy. Thanks, Commissioner. Right. And Thank- you, you pushed that through, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I rubber stamped it. Okay. <laughs> well, I, like I said, I, there were rumors. I had a feeling it may come down. I didn't think it was just going to be me, the only guy traded, but apparently. Uh, <laughs> Apparently that's what's so happening. So Brett Banth is in there around all those guys. I walked in this morning and said, hey, I need to talk to you. He's like, oh. Oh, did you trade him? Oh, you messing with him. Whew. All right. Well, listen. TK, thanks for the experience. I appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity. You see what I started?
Yeah, I did. I did. I did. Thanks for the opportunity. I look forward to uh, seeing you on the field. Oh, I'm going to wear him out. (laughs) Hey, you know what you just did? You just poked the tiger, TK. That's what you did. You lit a fire right there. That's it. That's it. Man. All right. Well, that felt pretty good. Well, that's the uh, the Andy Ashby story. But you said you had another one about uh, the great Bruce Bochy. Oh, my gosh. I love Bochy to death, but... I went through a stretch where I was, like, getting pulled every five or six innings, down one, up two. I was like, Boach, I want to pitch. So I got to the point where I said, if he takes me out again in the fifth inning or something, I'm going to lose my mind. On the mound? No, I, I wouldn't ever show him up. So, yeah, take me out. So I, here he comes and takes me out. It's like the five and two-thirds, whatever. So he takes me out, and I would set by Boach all the time when I'm pitching or when I'm not because I, he's very knowledgeable. So... I go sit down, I'm, I'm PO'd, here comes Boach. So I sit there and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I said, why do you take me out of the game all the time, like the fifth or sixth <laughs> inning? You know, I said it like that, I, I might have, you know, I was kind of amped up. I didn't yell at him, I would never do that. So he didn't say a word. So I go up and the, the inning's over, I go up, I'm getting undressed in my locker, and Ho- Trevor Hoffman's locker is to the left of mine. So I'm taking my shirt off. I'm up there cussing myself and all PO'd. And all I see is this giant shadow behind my back. <laughs> and I turn around and look, and it's Boach. And he said, if you ever freaking show me up again, he said, I'm going to whip your butt. I said, I didn't show you up. So in, why, I'm getting yelled at by the manager of all managers. I have my closer that I love to death. Behind Bochy's back, and I'm trying to yell at Bochy, and we're arguing. All I see is Trevor Hoffman behind his back doing the big monkey ball thing. <laughs> and he's, he's going, you got big ball, you know? And I'm like, Hoffy, are you serious right now? But no, that, you. Uh, you know, that's Hoffy. But, um, no, I, I have all the respect for Bruce Bochy. It was, uh, we didn't talk for a few days, but it was, it was good. I want to pitch. And he's like. There's you want somebody the- else I want one out there but you, he said, but I'm doing my job. Yeah, you know? so for sure. Total respect for him. Have you uh, chatted with him since his latest World Series uh, yeah. victory? Yeah. God, man. What you a- know what? We're all on a 98 feed still. The let whole me, team. Let me you see a thread. Let you me get see a text the thread. thread with 1998 <laughs> yeah, Padres. That's the 98 amazing. Padres team. I bet That's amazing. It, I bet it is and required some stuff, reading. <laughs> some of the stuff that comes out is absolutely <laughs> disgusting. It, it's fun. Now, don't think that I, I'm, I, I'm terrible. I, t- I, uh, I delete everything. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably for the best, Andy. Well, I believe you. Well, you, any '98 guys out there listening, send me a text. So I can show Woodsy now. <laughs> so good. But no, it's uh, I probably deleted it. But we uh, we stay in touch. We That's you know, awesome. and plus we have that Jackson Hole trip with Glendo Shea. Yep. And uh, I, I mean, I've, half I've, the guys are up there. I've seen Boche the pictures. Man. Oh my gosh, it looks it's incredible. It looks incredible. So, and I bet that gets a, a little wild from time to just time. Just a little bit. Yeah, I bet. You have uh, seventy guys together, it can get a little crazy. It's just like fantasy camp. Yeah, it gets a little exactly. nuts in here, Ash. Well, we uh, always appreciate you jumping on. I know you guys got meetings and maybe trades and stuff to yeah. get to. And I got to call my and wife you and my, my agent. <laughs> listen, um, thank you all for having you, me. Buddy. Appreciate and you listen, very you much. guys do a great job. Thank, thank you. Thanks, Ash. You guys take care. Thank you, Andy Ashby. 1998 San Diego Padres, and uh, so you've been traded. Yeah. That's a first-time effort at Fantasy Camp. You're now on uh, Tim Flannery's team, Skunk Creek, 
and Paulie did not get traded. So have you now? Have you guys played Flans team yet? You haven't. That's still coming no, up. No, we have not. Now I'm on, on Flans team. So you may have to face your old squad at some point. Yeah. yeah. Typically, you don't trade a guy that gets on base every time he gets uh, to the plate and has scored every run on right. the team. Right. He's too valuable. Paulie's too valuable to be traded. Mm. Well, now we're mortal enemies. <laughs> <laughs> this is unbelievable. I can't believe that happened. It's, uh, you I'm know, like, what the hell is, the, does RJ want? He just like he's walks over. Just there it is. Here comes Joey Ashton ah! texting in just to make <laughs> sure he was listening. Everyone's on the thread here. Hi, Joey. Uh, man, that is wild. That is what it's a wild feeling, Ben. I got to tell you, man, it's, it's a bit unsettling. Now you know what these guys go through. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Thanks, Ash. Yeah, unbelievable. It's a bit unsettling. I, you know, I don't know. Why, why TK and I got off on the wrong foot, but, uh, you know, clearly, clearly it just wasn't a fit. It wasn't a fit, which, oh, is, which is fine, man. Oh, I'm going to, it's all I'm going to say. Are you going to be uh, putting too much pressure on yourself no, now? Though? No. I, you know what? If anyone can get your mind right, I think it's going to be Tim Flannery. There's no doubt. <laughs> he's no probably doubt. a better style of manager he's a better, for you. He's a better fit. Going to put me. you in the zen frame of yep. mind that you need. Who's the manager? That is that uh, Arky? Peak performance. Yeah, Arky and Flan. It's. I mean, this is this is a big day for me. Big day for my family. Uh, you know, really excited about it. My, I'm gonna have to you know get new accommodations and all that. I really hope they don't move my locker. I like where my locker's at. I think he was joking about that, but <laughs> it's a weird feeling to be traded. Yeah, TK and I just we didn't get out, we didn't get off on the right foot. I think. Mm. He's a tough guy, man. Tough guy. Tough guy to play for. That was so awkward. I love live radio though because. We had just teased that story. Yeah. We look forward to it every year. Yeah. The Caminiti going into the bleachers story, and then Randy Jones just barges in. Yeah, gotta, I wasn't sure what was happening. But, yeah, Randy, you were talking to Ash. You got a winner. You and, guys just traded for me. Yeah, and, yeah. and Randy comes yeah. and says, I got right? to jump in and make an announcement. Because I got breaking so. news. I got a big announcement. Yeah, and and he, and he then all of a sudden you see people starting to gather around. Like, they know what's every about to happen. at Fantasy Camp just hovered around the setup here yeah to watch that breaking news that big trade go down they were all ready to and you heard Woods it right reaction. here before jeff passan or anybody else right had it you oh heard it right God. here on we finally have we finally had tr- breaking trade breaking news trade we were the first <laughs> usually this breaking at, trade news usually they do it at 1001 but uh well i feel like i'm gonna take the rest of the show off and go get ready because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> i'm you want to make a good first impression got on to. your new team obviously got new got teammates to. you gotta meet your new teammates in there oh that was wild that was wild. They've never done that before. Brandon says, who is uh, this Josh Smith guy that he got traded I'm for? Curious he's a top prospect. Too. Well, jo- he's a good player. He's he, a good uh, guy. He's a good dude. He, uh, Josh, he's one of our, our, he's like our tier one doctor. He's an epidemiologist uh, and a really, really good guy. And his brother is Alex Smith, um, who obviously played in the NFL. And um, Josh is also a, a coach at Helix, uh, where Alex played. So, Really, really good dude. He's he's probably a bit more fleet of foot than I am, which is not hard uh, to, to do. But I just think I think ultimately my new skipper here, uh, Tim Flannery, I think it's a better fit for me uh, entirely. And boy, I'm looking forward to playing playing the uh, net cutters. <laughs> I really am. Ooh, yeah, you know your new team's record so far. Are you uh, I think, I think, jumping? Did you move up in the standings? I'm not sure. I think I'm. I think, I think they may be one and two. As also, well. same. Yeah, yeah through yeah. three games. So. Uh, all right, we've got a couple of hours to go. Uh, I don't. Do you care about these uh, MLB now top ten lists that they've been 
putting out. I think you Xander know Xander Bogarts was like number three on the shortstop list the other day. I think you know me well enough to know I don't get mad at arbitrary lists anymore. That one I saw yesterday, having Fernando Tatis Jr. below some of the guys I, that he was below was absurd. But yeah. I, don't, I don't really get mad about their arbitrary. Yeah, I was looking at it uh, this morning. I got the email. And they had top right fielders, top ten right now. And Ronald Acuna Jr. is number one. And I'm, okay, fine. MVP, no problem with that. And then I'm kind of thinking I'll see Fernando Tatis Jr. right after him. But, no, uh, Kyle Tucker is number two. Obviously great player with the Astros. Then they've got Juan Soto. They moved him back to right field because that's where he's going to play with the Yankees at number three. Wait, he's playing right. Judge is playing center? No, Trent Grisham's playing center. I think Grisham's a fourth outfielder. I think Judge is going to be out there more often. And then they have Corbin Carroll at number four, and obviously he had a great rookie season for the Diamondbacks. And then it's, it's Fernando at number five. To me, the only player that I would maybe pick over Tatis is Acuna at this point. I don't, I don't think I'd want, even Soto, while a better pure hitter, but defensively, it's, I mean, you got a platinum glove winner out there in right field. There's just no comparison there in terms of all around right now, right fielders. I think Tatis is much closer to Acuna than some of the other guys that he's listed in. But, again, you know, not going to get worked up about it. No, it's, it's, a, it's a list. It doesn't mean anything. Arbitrary list. It, you know, it is it is what it is. Um, I wonder how much it affects, you know, Fernando if he sees it. He just laughs because he knows he knows better. I mean, I don't want to disrespect any of the other players no, on the list. Good All good players. Uh, is there any chance we can get – Woods' new manager on oh, coming sure. up here. Yeah, we're right, we've got work our, on that. Uh, 8 o'clock hour is coming up next. We're an hour ahead. Ben and Woods, do not go anywhere. More from Fantasy Camp coming up on 97.3 The Fan. We'll be right back. Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The ceremony is about to begin. Wake Certainly, never been traded uh, before in my life, and uh, always considered myself, you know, a, a good glue guy. 
Yeah, I'm starting to question it, you know, now at this point. But my, my other coach, Dave Dravecki, who is just, you want to talk about a gem of a human being. Um, he just walked up to me, and, and he blew me a kiss, and he shook my hand. He said, <laughs> hey, I love your intensity. I'm going to miss you. And I said, I love you too. I want to, we got to interview Dave, because I'll never forget watching what happened to him on the mound, ever. It was a part of, it was, it's ingrained in my brain from uh, being a little kid and watching baseball. And uh, to watch him, the way he carries himself out here, um, the, the kindness that he shows is he is a remarkable human. First time I've ever gotten to meet him, first time he's ever been here. Hopefully he's a fixture here for many, many years. Um, but Dave Trevecki is a guy we got to talk to this week oh, yeah. for sure. Uh, Goose Gossage is walking around the building, which is beyond a trip. It's beyond a trip to see the like goose. 20 minutes ago, you just walked up and shook her hand. Yeah. How's it going? I'll, well, I'll come by well, later. As a former Yankees, now Padres fan, he's both a Yankees and a Padres legend yeah. at the same time. My dad, One of my dad's <laughs> bar none favorite players. Um, goose is a – Goose is a um, – you'll never see one like him again, right? They broke the old – they broke the mold. Um, and, you know, I want to ask him about it. I know, I know where he stands on the modern game. I know where he stands. I've heard it. I've read it. Um, I know how he feels about uh, some of the people in the highest positions in baseball. Um, to me, though, I want to know how he got that way. How did he become the type of person that was like, I want the effing ball right effing now. Give it to me and don't come out here. He is a different breed of human beings. So I was looking back at the, the 1984 team again, and, you know, obviously Goose was more than just the one-inning save guy. For and sure. while he did have uh, 25, 30 saves that season, he also had 10 wins. Yeah. Because he'd come in oftentimes in the seventh or eighth inning and pitch multiple innings. So, <laughs> you know, he'd be there, Padres tied or down one, and, you know, they'd come back. He'd shut the door. He'd get the win. He was out there for much more than your typical closer that we see nowadays as a one-inning guy. And what a, you know, and again, it's, it's like I asked Tempe. I think the players catch a lot of the heat for this when I don't know that you can fully blame the players all the time. I, I don't know. I, I Every GM and, and development team and everything – they have a plan for guys, and all you can do is stick to that plan, right? And that's the idea that they have. That's That all comes from above. And so you could have a guy that's like, bro, I'm good to throw two innings. They're like, you're not throwing two innings. You're just not going to do it. Um, and I know there's extenuating circumstances, playoffs. You see it all the time, short rest, all that, right? Playoffs are different. It's a different animal entirely. But you're, this wasn't the playoffs. We're talking June, and it's 103 degrees, and Goose is like, for the manager to be able to be like, all right, you got the last three, and you're throwing 100 miles an hour back then, I mean, it's just a different breed. Well, and it's a different game. Back then, you were a reliever generally because you didn't work out as a starter. And I want to ask him that, too, because he started his career as and, a starter. And so you had generally lesser pitchers were in the bullpen. Your right. starters were your better guys. And if you went to the pen, it was like you, a were, demotion. you were probably going to someone who was worse. Fresher, but worse. Nowadays, you have guys who are just relief specialists, and they may be your most electric arms. Most of the times they are. In the bullpen. So you're not, you're not downgrading necessarily when you go from starter to a bullpen. You may be upgrading when you go to that reliever. The same thing, my logical brain, you don't have to be necessarily a baseball 
insider or an old school or a new school to just logically think, okay, so the strategy now is let's let's get a starting pitcher just through six innings. They can go a little bit harder. If they're only throwing 80, 90 pitches, they can go a little bit with more, you know, closer to 100% intensity. If you want a pitcher to go a complete game, eight innings, they got to pace themselves sure. a little bit. If they're going to throw 130 pitches, less pacing of the pitchers, and then the relievers will come in, and they're not throwing three. They want them to throw 101 for one inning. Right. Give everything you've got in that inning. You know why? Because it's harder to hit. Yeah. And, you know, you, you're the object of the game is to prevent the other offense from – you know, putting together runs, putting together rallies, and when you got a guy giving 100% for one inning, you're more likely to have three guys doing that get outs than one guy who gives 85% for three innings, even if he's a better pitcher. It's math. It, it is math, and but it, it, it it's also, I, I think money has a lot to do with it. I really do, and, and it's like I told Tempe, man, if you have a if you have a middle infield that's worth 60 million dollars or something, right, two 30 million dollar a year guys. You're pretty happy that uh, Bryce Harper's not bearing down on them trying to take them out at the knees. You're, that, you're like, that's, a, that's an investment. That's a huge investment. We're not going to win as many games with them off the field. So I, I know that it really gets heaped on the players. I, don't, I, think, I think baseball players are tough as hell. I do. And, and now, I didn't play in that era when they were like, you know, let's go drink 12 beers and pop two greenies and go out and, and, and play in 100-degree weather and take each other out and beat the crap out of each other. It's a, that was so, certainly a different game, uh, to be fair. But I watch what these guys do now, and it's like watching a miracle, you know, like how they make the plays that they make. Yeah, it, if you don't think Manny Machado is tough, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, 100%. I mean, he may not be as old school as some players in the 1984 guys that are here. But I promise you, it's up, dude. Manny Machado is tough. And the times that he doesn't run all out to first, we heard Gary Templeton. And I, I thought about Manny when he I did too. said Dick Williams, you know, he'll take you right out of the game. At least he can do is run down four times to first base as fast as you can. But it's not four times. It's, you know, it's 500-plus times <laughs> over the course of a season, yeah. a long season, that you're trying to stay out there for as close to 162 games as possible. On two battered knees and a, an a, and a ankle that you, you know. Had... And it's not a lack of want to or mental toughness or willpower. Like, I just can't run this time. It's strategic. It's, you know, with the long game in mind. And baseball is very much a long game not a short game. There are bursts where it's a short game, especially the playoffs, but over the course of the season, it's a long game, and Manny plays that long game. doesn't make him less tough. It just makes him smart. Yeah, and it's like we, we did a live stream the other night. We were talking about it, and, and again, I respect so much what Tempe has to say. I respect so much what Goose is going to say because I, I know. I know where their head's at, right, and we, we've heard uh, from those guys enough. I respect everything they did in the game, um, and I, I – don't fault them for it because I will say this: it has to be difficult. It has to be difficult to look out and go, "What's that guy make? Oh, he's he's got an eighty million dollar contract and he hits two twelve and twelve home runs and like it's brutal. It would kill me. I mean, it would. It, it's just human nature. I'm sure it's a little bit of of jealousy. I'm sure you know when Mark Grant talked about hey man we used to go to a post game spread and it was a sleeve of ritz crackers <laughs> and these guys are getting everything fed to them on a, on a silver platter it is so true when mark loretta said it's like parenting you well, my dad would never make me do this and my dad you know i didn't get this and i didn't get that and as a dad 
I, I told Bo the other day, I took him to Dick Gear, and I go, hey, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to get you the gear that you want every single time. Because I remember being a kid and not getting the exact gear I wanted. It messed with me. It did. And so I don't want to be like, I had it, because I, I didn't have it rough at all. But I had it this way. You're going to have it that way, too. No, it's about, it's about making it better. And I think, there's, I think there's a little bit of envy there, too, of like, man, I wish, I wish we were treated that well. Do you feel like we have it rougher now as radio hosts? <laughs> As they did back in the day. No, we have it easier now. No, I think it was rougher. uh, I think it was easier for them. They made more money 20 years ago, and there was no Twitter. Nobody calling you. No fact checking. Nobody call you a fat slob in real time, right? They did. They did a show. If somebody was pissed off at the show, the letter got sent to the radio station, right? And it wasn't. It wasn't. You didn't have to. All right, I got to check Instagram. Now I got to check Twitter, and we got to do a live stream, and we got to no. They went in, they ripped the show, they made three times the money we make, and I think it was much easier. I back think then. Um, I think one of the other reasons why it's harder now is that back in the day, coming up with content, you know, everyone out there now can get whatever content they want. Yeah. At the on their phone, boom, on their laptop, everything on Twitter. They've all seen it, so to come up with unique stuff is much harder back then. Yeah, just a, a tidbit of, of news. It's all new. It's all fresh. Yeah. You, you hear a rumor, you get anything. Uh, you know, you subscribe to the um, the sporting news. Sporting news. And, you know, you're probably ahead of 99% of the listeners yeah. out there who didn't get it. So you've got all the tidbits that were in the column, and you can feed them out on your show. And it's well, all brand new. Nowadays, that stuff is is long out there before we take the air. They, fans, you know, you're, you're dialed into baseball. You've seen all the rumors as well. We can't. We can't surprise you with anything necessarily that we've heard unless we hear it directly. So if we want to do something, we've got to directly go to the sources, be here, you know, to get good content. I think it's much harder nowadays than it used to be. No question. And you're competing with 40 different platforms, you know, for eyeballs and and ears. And, And those cats, they came in, they cracked the mic, they did their show. And that was the place to be. Now, technology-wise, we have great. a huge advantage. Huge. Paulie and what he's able to do in terms of content and sound drops. And, I mean, they had sound drops, but Pauly can do more than in a drop of a hat. even the, the best of the business could have done 20 or 30 years ago simply because we have better technology at our disposal. The video, the YouTube stream that would have been required we would have needed, like, television production facilities. Yeah. Multiple cameramen, TV studio to put it all together would have cost, you know, hundreds of thousands of <laughs> yeah. dollars a year to get it done. Now we can do it with, a, you know, stuff you order on online on Amazon. It comes, and we set it up ourselves, and we can do live streaming video. And that way, things are much easier for us nowadays than they were content-wise. No question. Yeah. And uh, But, again, it's that, that perspective. I, I, I have been bad about – Listening to other people's perspectives the last few years. And, you know, I told you guys one of my resolutions this year is just be more of a vessel for learning and, and being able to, to hear everyone's perspective. And uh, when I talk to these guys, the, the old school guys, man, I just, I know deep in, I, my main goal would, like, I would love more than anything if Tempe just would watch baseball again. That would make me so happy if Flan watched baseball all the time. If Goose was like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to embrace this. That would be, like, that would be amazing to me because I think, honestly, I do think they're missing out. I do. I think they're missing out. I think we're going to get our opportunity. Are we still anticipating Goose oh, yeah. coming by here? Oh, all right. Oh, my God. Get the Frank, get the dump button ready. <laughs> when we had Gary Templeton on at 7 o'clock, 
Goose was walking by and doesn't, didn't know what Tempe was talking about, but he just I could hear him, and I don't think it went out over their air. He goes, that's BS. Yeah, yeah. That's BS. I'm like, He oh didn't God. say BS. He said the word, and I go, oh, this should be interesting. Uh, yeah, they have a clubhouse meeting going on right now at Padres Fantasy Camp here in the uh, the Major League locker room, and then they're going to get ready for team photos. I have been told that, Woods, you will be taking photos with your new team, not your, uh, your yeah, old team. Sense. First thing you do, team photo. Before you've even had a practice or a game, <laughs> yeah. team photo time. All right, so uh, we'll get ready for our interview with uh, Baseball Hall of Famer. And they moved Kangaroo Courts later in the afternoon. So we'll have those stories tomorrow we'll for you guys. We'll have those stories tomorrow along with uh, our nightly excursion. Don't go anywhere. Richard Goose Gossage coming up with Ben and Woods. We'll check traffic. Be back with more from Padres Fantasy Camp here in Peoria, Arizona on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Woods and Paul have just reemerged from the uh, Padres clubhouse where your trade was announced yeah. to uh, the rest announced of to the uh, fantasy the crew. Camp. Yeah, yeah. Was there shock? Was there shock, uh, yeah, shock and awe, dismay? Yeah, shock and, and dismay. People couldn't believe it, but uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited. I'm excited about the new team. Same record as as the old team, and uh, you know, familiar faces over there. So I know some of these guys. Randy Jones had a uh, Flan Tim Flannery come up and. He goes, what's it like when you're traded? He goes, well, Woodsy, you're going to have to have your wife sell your home. She's good at that. Pack the locker. <laughs> Get your kids out of school. Pull the kids out of school. Let's go, buddy. Arky, my, uh, my new manager, Arky and Flan. Yeah, it's going to be a good squad. You're good to go now. I'm ready. All right, good for you. Do we really? Yeah. <laughs> we really do. I gotta swap. They really got to trade we lockers. got to swap lockers. That's amazing. All right. Yeah, I have to move all my stuff. You got to move to the other side of the clubhouse. Yeah, that's incredible. Oh my goodness! Holy cow! And uh, so now we're waiting on waiting on Goose Gossage to come by. And uh, yeah, let me see if I can go track Hall of Famer. Yeah, grab the Goose, bring him on by, Polly. Oh, that was a trip. You know, uh, Goose, of course, is already in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yep. They will announce next week. Uh, the class of 2024, um, and who may or may not get in. And, you know, they have the um, the trackers now where, you know, writers will yeah, publish their votes. Post their votes, their votes yep. Not all of them are public, though, so you can't know for 100% sure until all the secret ballots come in. But according to the tracking, it's almost 100% sure that Adrian Beltre is going to get in on the first ballot. Good He's reason. tracking yeah, well ahead of the 75% necessary uh, to get into the Hall of Fame. But then after that, there is a... There's a group of about six or seven guys who are all tracking right around the number. Um, second is Joe Maurer is surprisingly over 83% on the ballots that have been returned. Now, <sighs> that number almost always goes down yeah. by 10% or so. So he's going to be right on the edge. Uh, then Todd Helton is at 82.7%. Uh, you could have a big class. It could just be Adrian Beltre. We will know who is uh, joining the National Baseball Hall of Fame next week, uh, joining our next guest, who is with us right now, Richard Goose Gossage, is with us here on 97.3 The Fan. Goose, it is great to have you on with Ben and Woods. Good morning to you. Great. It's great to be here and great to be with the, some of the old boys and uh, hanging out at camp and and just great to be back here uh, in a baseball uniform. I know a lot of people are growing their mustache in honor of Peter Seidler. 
I believe you've already had yours for a yeah, while. Yeah, that's kind of kind of standard. <laughs> well, you know, everybody thinks I, bought, I I grew this thing to be more intimidating. I actually grew it to piss Steinbrenner off. So, <laughs> you know, because we couldn't do it, and uh, you know, I'm the only guy to ever get away with it. So I don't know. Good timing, you know, two kinds of timing. Yeah, it was. So mustaches were allowed with the Yankees, but yours kind of uh, well, the what line they of- weren't. They were allowed, but they weren't allowed past the corner right. of your mouth. And uh, so I was dumb. having a great year in 81, and I, I grew a, a, a full beard, and I showed up in camp with a full beard. And Yogi Berra, the great Yogi Berra, uh, Mr. Steinbrenner had him in charge of hair. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, the next thing I know, I'm hanging my stuff up reporting to camp, and I, I just thought I'd bust their, everybody's chops and show up. I grew a beard yeah. in the off-season out in Colorado. And so I'm hanging my stuff up, and there's Yogi sitting behind me going, Hey, he goes, you got to shave that crap off. He goes, George is going to kick my ass. Yeah. Get in there and shave that off. <laughs> so I go in and shave this off, and I just kept the Fu Manchu just to bust – I knew I wasn't even going to keep a mustache. Yeah. And I kept this big old Fu Manchu. I knew I was I was just busting Yogi's chops. Yeah. So the next thing, Yogi's at my locker going, it's going to be cut right here. <laughs> George is going to kick my ass. Get in there and shave that off. Oh, okay, okay. okay. I got I I to remind you, Goose, we're on live radio. <laughs> yep. so oh, okay. We get Sorry. the one. The we seven get, dirty we get to dump it, but you're going to have to be on your Sorry. best behavior, which okay. I know can be difficult. You guys should have warned me. I'm I know. Sorry. I know. That's your fault. This isn't recorded. It's on us. We needed somebody here that wasn't on hair but was on language. That's what we needed. That's our fault. So we will We'll just attach you to some electrodes, okay. and you say anything wrong, you'll get an electric shock I, I or got, something. Well, you you uh, probably Goose deserve it. Goose Gossage <clears throat> joins the program right now. You walked in yesterday, grand entrance, and uh, <clears throat> everybody was super excited to see you. Uh, you're, and I know you've done, you'd said some fantasy camps with the Yankees and stuff, but being back with the Padres, how's that feel? Meet all the guys and, and see everybody out here, out well, here grinding. I think the first thing I said when I greeted the, the campers and, and all of my buddies, all the coaches, uh, all the legends, uh, whatever they're calling us. Um, I said one of the greatest thrills of my career was turning on a city in 84 and seeing and being part of that. And, uh, you know, we were the two pieces of the puzzle, myself, uh, reliever, and then Greg Nettles, we need, they needed a third baseman. And, gosh, we both left the Yankees and, and – uh, ended up with the pods and and those two pieces of the puzzle were the final pieces so that was one of the great thrills of my life was and my career was uh turning being part of that and turning on a city and seeing seeing a city just go crazy and i can tell you from a fan's perspective because i grew up in san diego as a padres fan and i was um i was nine years old in 1984 and i remember the feeling i was at game five of the nlcs against the cubs with my dad and I remember after the win, uh, listening just the horns honking throughout San Diego. It was something I had never oh. experienced before. You know, uh, just growing up, there wasn't much to cheer for sports-wise. Uh, you know, we had the Clippers. They were terrible. I used to go to games. They were awful. Uh, the Padres hadn't been very good my entire life. And then 84, it was just a completely different feeling. Yeah. And to get to experience that and what you guys were able to do. And uh, some of your other coaches here were on the team, like, like Flan. Uh, it was it was life changing for me as a fan. It probably got me into baseball as a fan for life because of that season. Sure, sure. 
Um, you know, again, I've had so many great things happen to me in my career. I look back at it and I just am in total awe of, of the way my career went. You know, all I wanted to do when I started out was put a big league, you know, uniform on one time and it turns into 22 years and and then an election to the Hall of Fame and all the other stuff, plaque in, in Monument Park at Yankee Stadium and, and then the Padres, you know, I I love the old uniforms. I love that uh, crappy gray or the crappy brown <laughs> the stuff, brown, you know. Orange. And, and uh, uh, so I love those uniforms. And when we went to the new pinstripe, I think Garv picked those out, which <laughs> were really boring. But uh, we got on him because I think he had a lot to do with that. But uh, anyway, it was Garv was great. Uh, I played with the greatest shortstop that I ever played with was Gary Templeton and what a what a guy he is and all these guys are just terrific individuals and and uh, you know the the one thing nothing was going to face nothing was going to replace me facing that hitter uh, when he stepped in the box when I was on that bound but the second thing that I think all of us missed was the camaraderie uh, you know uh, being with the guys, yeah, being yeah. with the guys, and and not and then not being with the guys, you know, not going to spring training yeah. was weird after 25 years of going to camp, you know. So uh, it's great to be back. Um, the campers are great, um, you know, wannabes, whatever you want to call <laughs> yeah. them, uh, and we try to give them that experience, you know. And you guys, you do a chew great them job. out, yell at yeah. them, you know, trade them. I just got traded. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. Got traded. Just got yeah. traded. Yeah, yeah. Well, tough. I, tough business. You know, I got. Hey, people go. Who'd you play for? I said, I. It'd be easier to tell you who I didn't play for. <laughs> so, you know, I played for nine different teams and being a free agent a few times and traded a couple times and and uh, so. I enjoyed every minute I played. Uh, Who's awesome. even played in Japan? Every, yeah. every team I went yeah. to Japan, I got the opportunity to go there. What a great experience that was. Uh, fabulous. And then came back and played four more years here in the States. It's incredible. So, I, wanted, I wanted to ask you, we were just talking about you, too. We are talk, talking to a Hall of Famer, Goose Gossett, here on Ben and Woods this morning. Loving, loving all these, these stories. Um, we want to talk about how the, the position that you played, it's changed. It's changed. And I know the game has changed a lot. I know you have opinions about it. I've heard your opinions about it. But I wanted to ask you. So <laughs> we were kind of kicking around the idea. And I know the players take a lot of grief for it. Oh, they're not tough or they're not as tough as we were or whatever, whatever it is. Do you put any responsibility on some of the organizations for maybe coddling them a little bit? When you were coming up, were you – because they, they look at your arm, Goose, and they're like, this dude throws – he throws 100 miles an hour – we got to protect him a little bit. It felt like the opposite. They're running you out there for two and three innings. Was that a – did you demand that, or did, did you force your way into that, or was, was that the organization as well? They don't want our knowledge. They don't. If it doesn't come out of the computer. They don't want it. They, they wouldn't understand it if it came – if I talked to them. But how did but you – But they do. They run their rotisserie leagues at Harvard and <laughs> Yale, and they're brainiac kids, right? Yeah. And now they're all gym, general managers. Right. Because they think they can – Whatever, nothing important comes out of that. Everything is in the human element, okay, in terms of heart and down there, okay? <laughs> and uh, so, you know, that's, that's what they're missing. I tell players today, every player I, can, I see, don't let them turn you oh. into 
So, <laughs> but but for you, when you played, did you demand the ball? Did you demand Absolutely. the ball for as as long as you would go? Oh, you know we. Starters got in trouble, and then I came in the game. Close it. Um, and, you know, what they've done is now I would buy into the – to the with the injuries and stuff. Sure. Less injuries, less work, uh, more work, more injuries. Well, it's the opposite. Less work, there are more injuries, more injuries. today than there ever have been. So these, these no wind-ups are killing these pitchers. Uh, they're not incorporating the big muscles to, to pitch in. Knowledge – they don't want – I didn't invent this game, you guys. Right. I got taught it from A to Z. That is the single most important thing that is missing in the game today is that torch that was passed for 100 years from generation to generation to generation has stopped being passed. They don't want me to pass that torch and tell these kids how to act like a bunch of fools or, or just respect the game. Sure. That's all. Sure. Bottom line is these general managers and these people running this game today do not respect it. I uh, and I'm, wouldn't know if the baseball hit him in the. We got him fired up. All right. You know what's fine. We can go with you know what. So I wanted to ask you though, because one thing that we've seen a lot out of relief pitchers nowadays is they ask a guy, "Hey, we want a hundred and ten percent for one inning. We don't want you to leave anything in the tank because you're just pitching those three batters. You're coming out." Did you, when you knew you were coming into the seventh inning, and they're going to want you to finish out that game, did you pace? Did you have to pace yourself at all, knowing hell no, you were all hundred percent even for three innings? Okay, it was to the wall, baby. all the way, all, all three, all yeah, ten batters, however many you faced. There was nothing you weren't Both thinking of them to the wall. Hey, okay, I'll, I'll back off for this guy a little bit. I know I'm going to need a little more for the next day. It was no, like, no, all the way out no, every time. No, I, I threw every pitch like it was going to be my last. Okay. Every time I went out there. I love yep. it, man. I can't and, argue with that. I and wound up and incorporated the big muscles, and I pitched 25 years professionally without anything. So uh, these kids, this no wind-up that Tommy House has brought that, that, that incorporated. Here's the theory behind it. The less you do, the less you can, that goes wrong. Sure. Okay? Shorten up your delivery. Shorten up a golf swing. What do you do? you got to chip. Okay, now you got to take the club back and swing it. Yeah, you got to pitch it too. You got to wind up and throw it. Get some momentum going into home plate. These guys are starting from a dead standstill. I'd buy into the I'd buy into the pitch counts. Why would I stick a number in your head? True. It's debilitating. That's all they think about. I saw it with the Yankees. I was a special instructor with the Yankees for twenty years yeah. under Mister Steinbrenner, and that was an owner right there, and and. I would listen to these kids when they first started giving these pitch counts. The first thing they ask when they come off the mound is, how many pitches do I have? <laughs> if I'd asked that pitch, if I'd asked that, they'd have said, son, you get your butt out there on that mound and you pitch, and when you get tired, we will come and get you. But, but, but I can't use the language that they right. would have told me. <laughs> right, right. Now, I, I loved watching the game growing up, but I also love watching the game now. Is it? Is it fair? Is but there, you're, is seeing, there, you're you... seeing for what it is. Home run goes over the fence. That's a home run. That's all. 60 feet, 6 inches. The mound. That's, there is nothing in this game today that is what it was for 100 years. They have taken this. They have, to me, I, don't even, I can't even watch it. 
Really, at all? You know, I, I watch the playoffs. Yeah. You get the best teams. Do you not feel like the level of athleticism, when you see a guy like Tatis and the no, ground that he covers? No, I don't think so. You don't think there's you know, more of that in this day? Okay. Guys Just, are getting flashier. Yeah. We had flashy guys. That we, you did. That's, but, yeah. But, yeah that's, no but, one ever remembers they, flashy guys. But they didn't want to, you know, they didn't overdo it. Well, there now wasn't it's as, all about flashy there and wasn't as just much get exposure. the job done. How about get them on, get them over, get them in. The real beauty of the game, gone. Something that we're missing here at Strat- Fantasy Camp, Goose. St- you know, I'm, I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, strategy. No strategy in the game. Hit it over the fence, strike out 250 times, no big deal. I knew what we were going to get. I yeah, knew no, it, and it's well, still wild asked. to sit here you and asked. see it. No, it's amazing. It's just, like our, it's just like our government, too. Look at all the things that are upside down in our in our world. For sure. And baseball's part of it. It is. It, it's, I, the I, same, I, it's the same. If it doesn't come out of that computer, and let me tell you something. You tell me, you guys tell me one thing that these nerds, I said it's the revenge of the nerds. What have the nerds brought to the table that has made the game better? What? Replay sucks. They let the umpires do the job for a hundred years and did a great job. Now they're now they're trying to control something that is uncontrollable. That's what they don't know. You can't control this game. I'm gonna drive you it crazy. is beautiful. I like the pitch clock. It is Oh. <laughs> well, they, yeah, absolutely. They need it. They needed we, it. It made me feel like watching games they when I was younger. Yeah. Yes, get, they the did. Ma- get on the mound the as a pitcher. Let me tell you something. As a pitcher, <laughs> the, the more strikes you throw and the faster you work, the better plays those guys make behind All day. you. All They're day, on their day. toes. You're, these guys are putting them to sleep. They're, they hit it a ball makes the and these guys better. are like. I think it makes the game better That's again. That's true. Well, because what what does? The the pitch they had to bring well, it back. Yeah, they had to do <laughs> they it. They had to do Our it. Our favorite saying was, we don't get paid for overtime. Let's get this thing over with. <laughs> you, you, and didn't go have a beer. you didn't need and a pitch And go clock. have a beer. No, we didn't. <laughs> and then these guys shouldn't need it either. <laughs> Holy crap. But <laughs> nobody's passing that torch, big boy. He's pointing at you're me now. You're a nerd, too, aren't you? I, I, I can tell the questions you're asking. You're a nerd, too. I am. I am undoubtedly so there, a nerd. You don't know any more than but these guys do. I don't do. get to make any decisions. I gotta go. I, all right. I, I'm sorry for the language. I I was wondering when he realized I was a nerd. I knew that was coming at some point. There he goes. Hall of Famer! Goose Gossage. We're going to take a timeout. We'll be back with more. Ben Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Uh, we had a lot of reaction to that interview. <laughs> Thank you, everybody out there. I'm uh, my, my undershirt is drenched in sweat. He was oh, six inches from me. And he's got his finger right there, and he's getting worked up. And I knew how that was going to go. I knew it. We talked about it before yeah. Goose Gossage sat down. I didn't know we, he was going to call you a nerd. No, that, that was new to me, too. <laughs> he's not wrong. I'm, I'm a nerd. I, Man, I get he scared it. me. But death. for him to pick up on that in just about 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah very sad. Very perceptive. Are you just putting off nerd vibes? I don't know. I'm pretty sure I am, Paul. We constantly. Were, we were getting everything from... Guys, I don't know if I can handle much more of this, too. This is the greatest interview of all time <laughs> and everything in between. I, I, don't, <sighs> I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I'm pouring sweat. Two hours. Two.
Two, <laughs> two S words, two P words, and I'm like. Frank back uh, at the station, great job. <sighs> Frank texts me, that's a personal record for him uh, running yeah. the board as far as dumps. Four dumps. I am, uh, <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I don't know what to say. I, I, again, I knew what I was getting into. It was our fault for poking the bear. He's the bear, but I think he's always poked. You know what I'm saying? I don't think it takes much to set him off. And it was not, it was not performative. You could tell. You could tell he's hurt. You know, you could tell he's hurt. He, he wants to, to pass that knowledge along, and nobody, when no one's interested in what you have to say anymore, that's got to be that's, a, that's a, a tough good, pill to swallow. That's a good point. When you're in the Hall of Fame, and uh, I think what he does, what he has to say, is very valid. Now. Is is there research done into yes. injuries all the time? Absolutely, it's not done arbitrarily. Absolutely, like, none of these decisions have been made for the game of baseball, if, Ben, on a whim, right? None of them. The way they train, the way they throw, the way they don't throw, it hasn't. It's not. It's not on a whim. If there was conclusive evidence oh. that guys who threw more got hurt less, they would throw more. Ben, if there was conclusive evidence that if you actually ate glass and dirt, like I'm pretty sure Goose does. <laughs> They would do it. There'd be a glass and dirt station here, <laughs> and now I'm now I'm gonna go to the Hall of Fame. The problem is, is that the human body, everyone is different, and what what works for Goose is, is not gonna work for everybody. But it works the other way as well. I'm sure there are players today who have been, as Goose would say, coddled too much. No. Question. And their innings have been limited too much, and they've never been able to build up some strength that would, in fact, serve them well in yeah. their career because they were treated with kid gloves, you know, coming up and innings limits and no more than 80 and 100 here, and that's all we're going to do. And if they had simply been let loose like Goose was, they may have pitched 20, 25 like he did with no problem. But there's all kinds of other players who, you know, they go too too much too fast, and it's Tommy John. It's another Tommy John, and you and just, you're done. You just don't know. It's the finest line, man. I, I was in Chicago at the time when Kerry Wood and Mark Pryor were coming on the scene. And, I mean, to this day, people say Dusty overworked those guys. If you're Dusty Baker, though, and you see Mark Pryor on the bump, maybe the most beautiful right-handed delivery you will ever see in the game of baseball – wouldn't you have run him out there when you see Kerry Wood and he's throwing that 12-6 curveball and he's striking out 20? Wouldn't you have run him out there too? You know, it's, it's, it's just the finest line um, of, of what is reckless and what is good and what is not enough. And, and it's, those are decisions I'm glad I don't have to and make. And when you're the manager and your job is to win baseball, win baseball games, games. Yeah. that's the best decision right then for you to win a baseball game. And now playing the long game? Is is difficult to do because how many how many times have you seen it where they play the long game with a guy and he never makes it? I mean, we there's five all the time five examples that we can name off the top of our head that actually may be running around here today. You know what I'm saying? Like it it they didn't work enough, right? But if a manager knew, well, I've got this job ironclad for the next 20 years. Yeah, they play the long game too. 100%. Like, okay, I want to make sure I got this guy. Let's in keep my, him fresh. My eighth year, he's still good. But when managers are hired to be fired. Of course, they're going to want to be more aggressive or, with using pitchers because they want to win now. Or if it if it's like football, they play one time a week, and you're like, throw my best arm, and yep. he gets you know six days off, and it's just not the case. It's just not the case. All right, we're going to check traffic. Uh, you guys, dying. you're getting ready for your pictures. Woodsy has already sweat through one outfit this <laughs> morning. Let's check traffic. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back here on 97.3 The Fan. From the 97.3 The Fan Traffic Center, here's Kelly Danik. 
Traffic is sponsored by Valvoline Instant Drive, the oil change. Your 15-minute instant drive through oil change. We still have those two crashes in the North County, southbound 15. First one right before Felicita. It's over the right shoulder. The other one up ahead before Via Rancho Parkway, trying to clear that out of the HOV lane. Looks like westbound King Freeway's in trouble again. Crash just before the 805. It's in the center divide. And southbound at 125 past the 8. There is a solo vehicle accident over to the right shoulder. Stop by any of the 30 San Diego Valvoline instant drive through oil change centers. You don't have to get out of your car, and it usually only takes 15 minutes or less. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for discounts and locations nearest you. Valvoline oil change centers are open seven days a week. I'm Kelly Danik with Ben and Woods, San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Wanted to get back just to the names on this uh, Hall of Fame list because there's a good chance that all of them end up getting into the Hall. Not this year necessarily, but with the trends, the way it's going, and Get your thoughts, Wood. So I told you, Adrian Beltre almost certainly going to be voted in this year, first ballot. Joe Maurer could get in this year, but he's certainly close enough that you'd expect if it doesn't happen this year, next year almost for sure. Call me insane. I, I when I looked at his career, I know it was really good, but I short. I thought it was too. Sh- I thought it was good. Short. Yeah, Is, was, was I mean, it great? Do you have to be? Do you have to have longevity to be a Hall of Famer? No, Sandy Koufax had a really short career, but it was the most dominant short career ever. Um, I don't. I need to look. I, yeah. I'm speaking out of my ass. No, I have no I mean, idea. I think you're as qualified as anyone. Uh, Todd Helton is polling at 82.7 percent. You know, could sneak in this year. And people say about you know they they're always going to do the the Coors Merchant. The dude was absolutely one of the best hitters of our generation that I've ever seen in any ballpark. I don't know what his splits are. Todd Helton could flat out. Mash. I will say that even when they were playing him at Petco Park, it's not like I wasn't worried about him when he was at the plate. He, oh, he's not at Coors. He's not a good hitter anymore. He's an elite, he was an elite hitter. And from what I what I remember was he was pretty good in the field, too, for, for a lot of years. Billy Wagner's at 79%. I think he's a no-brainer. I, it's his ninth year on the ballot. So if he doesn't get in this me. year, and he probably won't, it's going to come down to that 10th year. Usually get a bump at the end. Like, guys, voters know this is, well, this is my last chance. Use one of those precious votes on Billy Wagner. I feel so he, like he's a Hall of Fame. He could get in next year. Uh, Gary Sheffield's just under 75%, but he's been trending closer and closer. If he doesn't get in from the writers, that um, new era, the committee, that they he, he would be a consideration, I would think, for sure. Put him in. Uh, Andrew Jones is an interesting case. Put him he's, in. he's at 71.6%. He started like under 10% his first year. It's bananas. He's been climbing steadily year after year, tracking to eventually get in. Not this year, but probably going to get in. One of the best center fielders in the history of the game of baseball. Uh, Carlos Beltran is at 66.7%. Also, not this year, but someone who's trending toward getting in. I don't know, for, for me at least, that Carlos Beltran felt like a hollow Hall really, really good. Yeah. And then uh, Chase Utley. Not getting in this year. He's at 45%, but he's getting almost half half the votes early with many years to go. Based on other guys, you'd expect that to go up to the point where he is very likely at some point to get into the Hall of Fame as well. I'm probably more of a Hall of Very, Very Good on Chase Utley For as well, sure. but my standards are very high when it comes to these. I don't have a vote, so I'm just opinionated like everybody else. Um, and I can't always tell you what's that. What's that separator? Some guys are obvious. Adrian Beltre is, is clearly going in this year, and I, I, I agree with that. But there are a number of guys this year that they all feel like, I'm not going to be mad if they get in. Yeah. They don't ruin the Hall of Fame. No, like, not at all. You know, let that guy in, or you let anybody in. Right. None of them are at that level, but I don't know if I would necessarily include them.
All right, we'll come back. Uh, Paulie's got some headlines. Ryan will report. Uh, Aztecs play tonight. Get into that. I don't know if we have any more guests today, but because uh, you're going out for the games and stuff in a little bit. But we'll be back with more from Padres Fantasy Camp. Don't go away. Bennett Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Important bounce back game for uh, Brian Dutcher and the Aztecs tonight at Viejas Arena. Welcome back. It's Ben Woods live from Padres Fantasy Camp, Peoria, Arizona, all week long. Our live broadcast from Padres Fantasy Camp brought to you by the San Diego County Toyota dealers. We make it easy. Uh, Woods has been summoned to picture taking for his new mm-hmm. team, the uh, Skunk Creek, Tim Flannery, our Arky Sinfraco's team. So Paulie remains here. You'll have pictures with your. Your I'll probably team, leave you at some point you when, when, Wood comes, when Woods comes back. Right. I'll probably end up having to leave, but uh, yeah, photo day here at the Peoria Sports Complex, and then we got team workouts, and we have an afternoon game at one o'clock. Well, it seems like a good time for me to get in a little bit of Aztecs basketball talk. You always seem a little more tolerant of it, having been a uh, San Diego Stater yourself than Woods is. <laughs> hey, so while he was they, all in on the uh, their game he last was. weekend against New Mexico. He we was. were watching that at the Airbnb. And uh, should be all in tonight. It's a late start for us, 9 p.m. Mountain Time, 8 p.m. Uh, Pacific at Viejas Arena against Nevada. I saw the Aztecs are six-and-a-half-point favorites. Pretty big number against a 15-and-2 Nevada Wolfpack team, but as I uh, as we talked about, the Mountain West is going to be a viciously brutal league, and we are not even a quarter of the way through league play. Every team has now lost a game. New Mexico last night, uh, after beating San Diego State, just to prove it wasn't a fluke, and the Aztecs, you know, were facing an actual tough opponent. Uh, they hosted 16th-ranked Utah State at the pit, and put up 99 points on the Aggies Damn. in a 99-86 win. That is a lot of points in college basketball. So uh, Utah State uh, takes <clears throat> their first loss in the Mountain West. Uh, they're four and one. New Mexico is three and two. Colorado State, which uh, they were ranked most of the preseason and were the top, uh, you know, metrically the top team in the Mountain West, they barely got past Air Force at home. They needed overtime to beat one of the. The bottom, they dodged a huge, potentially ugly loss at home, uh, winning that game, and they're just 2-2 two and two in the conference. And then uh, UNLV went on the road and shocked Boise State to hand the Broncos their first conference loss. So uh, Boise State now 3-1 and one like the Aztecs, and every team all of a sudden, you know, four, five games in at the most, uh, has all has at least one loss. So when you project that the winning team in the conference may lose four games – it's not crazy to, to speculate that that's going to happen. So San Diego State's loss in New Mexico is simply just what's going to happen when you go on the road, just like it happened to Utah State. But then when New Mexico goes on the road, they're going to find, you know, games. The biggest one is like Boise State losing one at home. You drop one at home, especially against UNLV's kind of in that gray area between the top and the bottom of the league. That could be a loss that costs you the conference. That's why tonight's game for the Aztecs against Nevada so important. You don't you want to hold your home home court. You want to make sure you beat all the bottom opponents. And then if you can steal a couple on the road against the top teams, win a game at Colorado State or win it, you know, Utah State, just just steal one or two sure. of those. You sure. should be you should be right there in the end in first or second place at worst going into the conference tournament. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a good strong Mountain West conference this year, and 
San Diego State doesn't lose a ton, so it's always interesting to see how Brian Dutcher can get these guys to bounce back after a tough loss like they had uh, last weekend in New Mexico. Yeah, I had multiple top 25 teams lose again yesterday. I think at least five of them took an L. None of them, of course, will drop as much as San Diego State did with the one loss, which still doesn't make any sense. You know, most teams lose. They drop two or three spots in the ranking. San Diego State loses. They go from 19 to 27, eight spots down and out of the top 25. I have no idea why that continues to happen when theoretically San Diego State should actually have some extra cachet because of the Final Four run and the championship, yet constantly they seem to get punished for every loss more than every other team does in the rest of the top 25 i still don't get it doesn't really matter uh they bounce back with a win against nevada they can beat boise state you know go on the road like uh you uh like unlv did have a good week they'll be right back in the top 25 but it starts tonight's game against nevada pretty important one for the aztecs uh let's see yes anything else basketball ben wants to chime in on (laughs) not really uh Saw the Lakers have split their last two. They're just treading water. Draymond Green came back. Golden State Warriors still don't don't look very good even with them. Not not a lot to talk about in the NBA right now. The in-season tournament was like, all right, that was fun. That was interesting. But then it ended, and we've still been left with kind of this kind of dull time in the middle of the NBA right. season. It's, it didn't. It didn't necessarily change the entire mathematics of what an NBA season is. And guys like Woods... I think you're now you're just waiting for the playoffs, and, and you know until then it doesn't really matter that much. Guys like Woods don't even care about the playoffs, so it doesn't no, that's really. True. But yeah, it's it was uh, a fun what two weeks I guess early on in the NBA season, and then now it's just back to sit and wait. Yeah, nothing just, really matters. Feels I mean I know a baseball season feels long. Somehow the NBA season feels for way longer, even longer, even though they play less games. It just kind of drags on for these months and. They have so many playoff teams. I mean, top ten now, including the play-in tournament, get in. I mean, you're in it. Uh, you know, the Lakers are a game under 500. The Warriors are four games under 500. They still can say, hey, we can get to the play-in tournament just like the Lakers did. They went all the way to the conference championship. Doesn't It makes the regular season almost feel like, what are we even doing this for at this point? It's so long, and doesn't matter if you have a, a winning record at this point. You just kind of – tread water until the last couple of months and then see if you can turn it on and, and start playing start playing um i guess there's always a fine line because i'm usually a fan of i like the expanded playoffs in major league baseball i like you know the extra wild card team didn't bother me in the nfl somehow it feels like the nba has gone too far though that there's too many teams in the playoffs now and it completely devalues the regular season i don't know for me it's felt like that most of my life i mean what eight teams out of 12 for a while or eight teams make the conference playoffs yeah i mean it was always more than half the teams because it was 16 teams always made the playoffs and the most you know they've had 30 31 32 in expansion um so baseball's never gotten to that point right and I always said the wild card. But it's weird. Is, I would be okay if they had more baseball teams in the playoffs than I, I think basketball teams. I, I, basketball, it's a seven-game series every single round. Yeah, it's long. I mean, it's a long postseason for sure. But to me, then baseball was so critical to add the wild card. When you have divisions and you have a team, especially when you're playing like in the Dodgers division, and they're going to win 106 games, the worst thing for baseball fandom is to know, hey, we got a really good 94-win team. And you've got no chance. I mean, you're out of it in August, even though you've got a really good team because there was no wild card. 
and there's no way you just not as good as that other team in your division, and you had a really great season, and there was nothing to play for. That's not good for fans. That's not good for players. I mean, no one wants to feel like we've got a great team, but just because we happen to be in the same division as a juggernaut, there's no chance. So the wild card was absolutely essential when it came long overdue, and I think they've kind of dialed it in to the point where, yeah, people will say now the teams with a bye have – have to wait you know, around a bit longer. I, I don't think that makes a huge difference. I think they've dialed in the playoffs pretty well with the best two, of, you know, best of three series in the wild card round. Then you go on. The only thing I'd change is I'd probably make the division series best of seven instead of best of five. Yeah, I can see that. I, I feel like, and, I mean, it was great that the Padres beat the Dodgers. Go three, seven, seven? I would go three, seven, seven. I, I think... At the very least, for the teams that earn that buy and get to skip out of the wild card round, if there is any sense of getting rusty, you know, because you're off for like five or six days before you play, give them a better chance to bounce back. If they happen to lose, you know, two of the first three games, you're not facing elimination. You can still, okay, now we're locked in, get a second chance to go through the rotation for games five, six, and seven. Those guys pitch well, you can still get through. That would be probably the only change that I would make at this point. We go five to seven in the division series. Yeah, I can get on board with that. And then More playoff uh, baseball. Yeah, is I mean, thing. at the mo- it's not like we're adding weeks to the playoffs. We're adding at most two games if those series go the distance. And has uh, anyone ever complained if a series goes to a game seven? <laughs> I don't think so. No. So no. I, to me, that's the only. I've never understood exactly why they decided on the five to begin with. It's baseball is already such a game of the long term that when you shorten it up to five when you don't have to the one game playoff was just insanity when it was the wild card and it was one game for everything at least best of three i'm okay with a wild card team getting knocked out hey if you don't like playing the best of three wild card series play better win your division get the buy you know you can earn that and you don't have to go through that we're not making you know teams that win their division play necessarily that best of three series I feel like if you've earned your way all the way through, though, get to at least a best of seven. Well, as we've seen, teams will still complain no matter what. Whether it's the format or scheduling, days off, et cetera, teams will still complain. Yeah. They Sorry, I'm like a kid in the candy store right now. There's just everything While going fantasy on. fantasy camp is underway, we still have all of the Padres' top prospects are here. Jackson Merrill keeps walking by. Ethan Salas has walked by. Padres' uh, bullpen coach, Ben Fritz, just arrived to Peoria. I haven't seen him all week. But uh, he got here this morning, and it's been great to see him. There's a lot going on right now. Yeah, morning. I mean, we're um, about three and a half weeks away, I think, from pitchers and catchers officially reporting. Usually some guys get here even earlier than that. So yeah. this place is only going to ramp up in activity uh, over the next month as the Padres, you know, condensed spring training. Going to be a little short because they're going to go off to Korea in the middle of March for a week. And, talking and be to Fritzy there for five Dodgers minutes ago. Yeah. He goes, if, the, if they could start spring training right now, he would. He is ready to go. They are all ready to start this thing and, and bounce back from a very disappointing 2023. Uh, 2023. I, I felt like most ball players after the holidays are over, it's simply kind of, all right, let's, I'm itching to get going get at the this body point. Right. Yeah. It's the, now the waiting game is like, all right, let's. It's time, you know, we've gotten through, we had our time off, had our holiday season with our families, went on our vacations. Now it's work time. Whether you're back at home or you're at your spring facility, they're thinking about the season at this point and getting ready to go with what's coming up. So, all right, let's, um, 
Let's take a quick timeout. Wood should be back after his pictures here in a couple of minutes. So uh, we've got a game to play still coming up. I've got uh, more 1984 Padres trivia. Chance to qualify for a trip Let's to Las ahead. Vegas. Let's get somebody on the phone okay. during so the commercial call, break. Call now, 833-288-0973. Uh, when we come back, we'll play a game. You can qualify for a trip to Las Vegas. Concert tickets or monthly grand prize drawing. It's more 1984 Padres knowledge. We'll suit you well if you want to play. 833-288-0973. More Ben and Woods from Peoria, Arizona coming up after a check of traffic. Be right back here on 97.3 The Fan. my ticker on my computer here that the uh we were just talking about the golden state warriors that their game at utah tonight was postponed and i thought well that's that's odd you don't postpone many nba games and then uh frank sent me the breaking news uh scary situation uh golden state warriors assistant coach dayan milojevic was hospitalized they were in salt lake city team, saw that, yeah. team dinner last night players coaches there and all they said is he had a serious health issue that happened at the restaurant and had to be taken to the hospital, and they've decided not to play the game tonight in Salt Lake City. So uh, pretty serious if they've gone to that length to postpone an NBA game. Well, for continued reaction to that big basketball story, keep it right here on 97.3 The Fan with Basketball Ben. I have you just been summoned right. to uh, photo That's day. okay, because we got a uh, guy in Bay Park ready to play our daily game. We're going to try to qualify a guy for the trip to Las Vegas this month, our grand prize drawing at the end of the month, a two-night stay at the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino, and tickets to see Tom Kiefer and L.A. Guns performing on April 11th at the Westgate International Theater. Check out their newly designed premiere rooms, part of their $70 million room renovations. Guy, good morning. How are you? Hey, Ben. Good morning. Good. All right. So this week we're doing a 1984 trivia every single day. And today's game is called Gwyn, Garve, or Greg. That would be Tony Gwyn, Steve Garvey, or Greg Nettles. So I'm going to give you a category. You just have to tell me which of those three players, Tony Gwyn, Steve Garvey, or Greg Nettles, had the most of the trio during the 1984 Padres season. So if I said hits, the answer would be? Gwyn, since he had 213 more than the other two. Like all of our games, four out of seven is good enough to qualify for the grand prize drawing for Las Vegas. So, Guy, uh, you understand the rules and how it's played? Yeah, sure. All right, let's get to it. It's time for Gwyn, Garve, or Greg. Round number one, Guy. Games played. Gwyn, Garve, or Greg? Uh, I think... Uh, Tony was a workhorse. Win. Tony was a workhorse, but Garve was the Iron Man, and even though his streak ended the year before when he got hurt, went right back and played 161 games for the 1984 San Diego Padres. Garve, the correct answer. All right, uh, let's go to round number two. Home runs. Gwyn, Garve, or Greg? Who had the most of the trio? Guy? Uh, I, let's, let's, uh, let's try Garvey. Garvey. Now, if you were listening yesterday, you heard that that is not the right answer. Garvey only had eight home runs in the regular season for the Padres in 1984. Greg Nettles tied with Kevin McReynolds, 20 for the team lead. So you're now 0 for 2. We need to get going here with round number three. Guy, RBI, Gwyn, Garve, or Greg, who had the most on the 1984 Padres? Let's see. 
Tony. I'm going to go with Tony. Tony set the table, but Gar drove him home. 86 yeah. for Steve Garvey. He was the leader. All right, we're now 0 for 3, which means you need to get all four right to qualify for Las Vegas. We've seen great comebacks, though, in our games, so I know you've got a shot at it. Let's try walks. Gwyn, Garve, or Greg, who had the most in the 1984 Padres, Guy? Uh, Got to go with Tony. They were scared of him. And you would be right. Tony had 59 walks. That was one more than the equally scary Greg Nettles. All right, you're on the board. Let's see if we can keep it going. Slugging percentage. Gwyn, Garve, or Greg, who had the highest slugging percentage of those three in 1984? Um, I mean, gosh, it's hard to hard to not guess Tony on everything, but it's, how about Nettles? Oh, you should have stuck with your guns. Uh, even though Nettles had the most home runs, Tony Gwynn, with all those hits, had the highest slugging percentage at four forty four. All right, you're not going to qualify. I'll give you the last two, though, just to see how you do. A uh, hit by pitch. Who was hit by the most pitches, Gwynn, Garve, or Greg? Um... Greg. That was Greg Nettles, very good, with five. And finally, ground into double play. Who grounded into the most twin killings, Gwyn, Garve, or Greg? Tony. Uh, that was Garve, actually. Tony had a lot of speed back then. I think he avoided getting doubled up. Guy, thank you for playing. All right. thank uh, you, we did not qualify right. for the trip to Las Vegas today, but we'll have another game, a real or fake version of 1984 Padres, coming up tomorrow uh, on the game. So now I've lost... Paul, and then Woods was back here for a second. I have no idea where he's disappeared to, but uh, he's gone right now. Anyway, if you missed it earlier, we've had an epic, epic morning here on Ben and Woods. Uh, I had highlighted, I guess, by the incredibly passionate and uh, risky interview we had with Goose Gossage. And I want to bring our our producer uh, back in our studio, Frank Marchese, on. Frank, have you ever been more attuned to an interview than you were when we had Goose Gossage on the air last hour. I told Paul, I think I'm going to catch up on an immaculate grid during this interview, just because why not? (laughs) But I'm very glad I didn't, as a matter of fact. So, uh, yeah, uh, obviously on radio there are certain words that we are uh, not supposed to say, and uh, Goose has a history of using those words, and, you know, when you get to – the level of uh, respect and icon status that Goose Gossage has got. You don't necessarily follow and conform to all of society's or radio's rules. So I knew that that would be a potential issue. Uh, We warned him early in the interview to see if we could try to keep the language as clean as possible. But there were a few slippages, and, and fortunately Frank was back in the studio hitting the dump button. Now, if you watch on YouTube, I believe you get to see everything live. We don't We don't dump that. We only dump the live radio version of what uh, what Goose had to say. But you set a new personal record uh, using our dump button, our seven-second delay. Three dumps in 15 minutes. <laughs> that is a personal record for me for interviews. Well, you know, at least you're getting an unfiltered – you know you're getting unfiltered Goose Gossage when he comes on the air. Made for a and, lot of fun, and, though. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? And I, I don't agree with Goose on a lot of things. He could obviously tell by the end when – he called me, pointed at me, and called me a nerd and, and got up. But I think he did so uh, at least somewhat good-naturedly. He was getting pretty uh, he was getting pretty intense by the end of the interview. But that's, 
that's what Goose is. I mean, he brought that intensity to the mound. He still has it at this point, and it made for a fantastic interview. Woods was sweating bullets sitting right next to him, having no idea what he was going to say and what direction he was going to go. But there's a there's certainly a wisdom there that um, – and as someone who grew up watching the Padres – he brought such an energy and uh, electric atmosphere. I mean, we think of Trevor Hoffman as, you know, the great Padres closers and, and what the Padres have had since then with the incredible ninth-inning specialists. But long before Trevor came along, Goose kind of uh, gave San Diego a swagger. And I think it was Goose even more than Garvey who brought that swagger. Garv was, uh, you know, he was the ex-Dodger, and he brought some credibility and some polish uh, as a big leaguer to the Padres franchise that really hadn't had it in his first, you know, 15 years of existence starting in 1969. But Goose brought that, you know, Yankee and that intensity, that kind of East Coast feeling that, that I think had been missing a little bit and really pushed, I think, everything to the next level. Just everyone's attention seemed to be honed in on the Padres, especially with the acquisition of a goose. And, you know, Greg Nettles gets part of that as well. He had his Yankees lineage and uh, coming up as a, as a veteran, a slugger, the kind of player that the Padres really hadn't, other than, you know, Dave Winfield, who was a great prospect, but they had never really had the free agent big name that had come in like that, you know, to try to take a team to the next level. So there was definitely an anticipation about 1984. Uh, I even remember as, as a kid, uh, following baseball, something that I hadn't felt before. And I don't think, you know, like my dad, who was a Padres fan from the first year and even at the minor league Padres, never really had felt that kind of excitement and anticipation uh, for a big league season like there was in 1984 in San Diego. And Goose was a, a really big part of bringing that excitement and intensity and, and something different uh, to the table when he got here in 1984. Pictures uh, complete? Yeah, speaking of excitement and intensity... I'm back. Did they ever find your coach? Andy Ashby was scouring around for uh, Arky Sinfrago. He was in the uh, the crapper. Ah, is where he was. Uh, Arky okay. live from the crapper is where he was. <laughs> uh, sorry to leave you hanging there, buddy. That's all right. We played our game. Uh, we did not qualify guy for the trip to Las Vegas, okay. but we will have another chance tomorrow with a, a 1984 real or fake. Love uh, Padres version as we continue the week. So love it, love it. Where were you stationed? Were you a front row or back row? Or, uh, I mean, new teammates. You didn't. You probably didn't even know everybody as you walked up to the pic- the picture. No, I know I know most of them. Uh, played with most of them before. Been out here a lot. You know, um, it, I was asked if I could catch, so that could be uh, in the cards. You caught yesterday. I caught yesterday. I could catch two days again. in a row. I could go back to back. You I mean, know, they barely ask big leaguers to do that. I, I know. I know. Well, don't let the peas turn you into peas, as we learned uh, <laughs> earlier. You know, something I will uh, remember for the rest of my life. Uh, on my deathbed, I will remember Goose Gossage's face, one inch from my own, screaming at me. Uh, I will never forget uh, it as long as I live. I will remember the finger pointing Point. directly at me, going, "You nerd! You're you are a nerd." Frank, you got that? Yeah, Frank's you, got that. You are out. a nerd too. You're, you're a, a nerd, nerd too. <laughs> I'll never forget it. We talk about are you those, okay? Are you feeling? You are, we, you're okay. I'm okay. We yeah. talk about those I'll own it. I'll those, own it. those seminal moments in the show <laughs> I mean, that we've had over you know, the years. He's talking about GMs out there, you know, in, in baseball, the nerds, guys, and I, I'm a believer in a lot of that stuff. So in that sense, yes, I am a nerd. You're too. a nerd too. I, I, you know, it, it would be nice to get some sort of of combo of the two. You know, the this is this, and this is this part. Uh, but uh, the crazy thing is, it's AJ Preller really is one of the more, more combo GMs he really that you're going to get out there. Yeah. 
he looks, and I, I say this from uh, the perspective of a nerd, he looks like a nerd. He's but pretty sharp. He's, he's actually more old school than a lot of the GMs nowadays in terms of his perspective on baseball. Guy loves the scout, man. His, scouting his, his is... background, his scouting. You know, coming up through the Rangers, it wasn't it wasn't an analytics driven background in baseball. Now he's smart. He went to what Cornell. Uh, yeah. You know, he's he's a smart guy and certainly understands the the math and and all that part of it in baseball, but. He is not a guy who is driven by spreadsheets uh, for the most part in in his decision-making from what I have at least understood of A.J. Preller. No question. All right, let's take a timeout. Last uh, segment coming up. Paulie's got some headlines in the Rindle Report. You missed all of the great basketball talk that I had while you were out there. I'll go back and listen on the Odyssey Yeah, you can go perfect. You can rewind. That's what I'll do. Catch everything you missed about the Aztecs. Uh, Your thoughts on the the Warriors game being postponed tonight? Uh, Shocking. Yeah. Just shocking. Coming up uh, with Ben and Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Benny, I do believe it's official. Uh, The, Morosi just tweets, right-handed pitcher, Yariel Rodriguez and the uh, Toronto Blue Jays have an agreement. He was the uh, the pitcher from Cuba, pitched in the WBC. Looks looks fairly nasty. Um, he's 26 years old. Uh, expected to do the physical in the coming days in Toronto, and uh, looks like he's going to be a Blue Jay. Their rotation now is about seven deep. So, uh, as somebody just very astutely pointed out on Twitter, look for an Alec Manoa. Uh, to potentially be moved by the Toronto Blue Jays in the next couple of days. I do know a team uh, that is in need of starting pitching. They train here in Peoria, Arizona. I am, of course, talking about the Seattle Mariners right across the street. Uh, No, the the Padres, I don't know. I mean, should probably be in on – I mean, reclamation projects have really been – and, and hidden gems have really been, you know, we were just talking about it earlier in the show, uh, trying to find a guy like that. Now, again, I don't know what Alec Manoa will cost, uh, you know, dollars-wise, and I don't know what he would cost you Let's prospect. See. So, <laughs> well, I mean, coming off the season he just had. It was, it was horrendous. I mean, I, I, the Blue Jays are going to argue, hey, but, but you've got all this potential. He only made 700, almost the minimum, last year. He still has... Pre, he's still pre-arbitration, so he's basically minimum Dirt maybe cheap. maybe eight hundred thousand. So it's salary wise, he certainly fits into any team's budgets. Prospect wise, it's just a matter of what the Blue Jays want to hold out for and what other teams are willing to offer. I mean, you're not going to give up a top prospect no. right now for Alec Manoa. No, 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 no. But no. the Blue Jays also aren't just going to give him away for nothing. You know, you say that, but I know that there was uh, quite a bit of friction. Uh, between Alec Manoa and the Blue Jays, or it feels like a strike-while-the-iron's-hot opportunity. Um, they have, again, they have a, a, a kind of a surplus of starters. Now, I think every team feels, you know, every team would love to go into the, the season with seven starting pitchers and, you know, let the chips fall where they may. But he just may not be in their plans personality-wise or uh, fit-wise. You know, when we were talking about Alec Manoa earlier in the offseason, before the Juan Soto trade is being, well, maybe you could pick him up. I was never comfortable knowing, well, and now Alec Manoa is definitely at least your number four starter. Correct. Alec Manoa, though, is, you know, a potential depth option, and if things work out, you can plug him into the rotation. Feels 
that feels like the correct path to go on. You know, you, you work with a guy, you're not counting on him to start right away in April, but you've got you've got your pitching coach, you've got Ruben Neable on, you know, working with him. And at some point in the season, if he goes back to the form that he had, you may have not only a number four or five starter, you could have a number two, or, know, three. two or three starter <laughs> yeah. on your hands if things go really well, but you can't count on that after the season he had. You know, last year. Very low risk, very high yeah. reward, I think. So uh, I think that that is the type of player. And that fits the Blue the Jays, by the way, I, you know, I, I keep looking at these projections of remaining free agents and who they're in. Blue Jays seem to be in on a lot of guys, talking on Cody Bellinger, talking on Joey Votto. By the way, the, uh, the Cincinnati Reds ladies I played golf with yesterday, I said, where do you think Joey's going to land? Because Padres could be interested, and he goes, I think he's going to Toronto. I think he's going back to Canada. Wow. Back home is what they thought. And you know what surprised me? The insight that I got from um, Marty Brenneman's wife. He said Joey Votto was a terrible interview. Like, five years ago, before he was introverted, didn't talk at all. And all of a sudden, he's just blossomed in, like, the last three years. And now, all of a sudden, you know, we've had him on. He's he's terrific to talk to. Maybe, but, he, maybe he did ayahuasca or something uh, <laughs> on a, in an yeah, offseason. I have I no idea. Like, really? It was – you see, yeah, Marty couldn't get anything out of him. Didn't have anything to say. Short answers was not a good interview, and then just blossomed in the last few years as a talker. I would have spun it as we're better interviewers than Marty. Maybe. Not Marty Brown. No, that's, that's what I would probably have. That's probably the, the better way to spin it. All right, it. Paulie's got some uh, headlines with the Rindel Report. We'll get to that right after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. And get things started here with our edition, today's edition oh, of boy. the Rindel Report. Now tuned into the motherfucking greatest. Welcome to the Rindle Report with Paul Rindle. Hi, Paul. All right. Two stories from the world of sports that we haven't gotten to yet. We'll start off in Major League Baseball. And one story that you didn't know you needed. Are you laughing, Biatch? It's the Rindle Report. Hey, Paul, how you doing? Okay, how are you? On 97.3 The Fan. Are you ready to bless the mood? I need some help, please. <laughs> that was good. Can I get a hoi? All right. All right. All right, indeed. Been a while. How are we doing, gentlemen? Fantastic. All right, we will start off in the NFL. Now, I certainly don't fault this team for doing what they're doing. It just surprises me. We, uh, we talked about it yesterday. The Atlanta Falcons announced on yesterday that they had uh, interviewed and spoke with Bill Belichick Correct. to fill their head coach vacancy. And today, the news is that they have also sat down with Jim Harbaugh. All right. I just, I don't know. I would expect that from other, maybe more notorious teams around the NFL to go out and, and, and fill that vacancy. But the Falcons, that just doesn't seem like a fit for either one of those coaches. Thinking outside the box. Co-head coaches, Bill <laughs> Belichick and Jim Harbaugh. That would work. Um, that would work very well. Be like me and Cilio hosting a show together. <laughs> Bro, I don't want to talk Miami. Jim, well, I don't want to talk Padres. Jim, you do the media sessions. I'll work on <laughs> yeah, the I'll defense. Yeah, I'll do the defense. We'll do, just split up the job job description. I mean, neither and... of them are a good interview. <laughs> That's like a fart in church, man, that, that combo <laughs> together, that idea. Um, I I saw something yesterday. I don't I, I don't know the validity of it, but it, I saw Harbaugh and the Chargers are fairly close. I, I saw, at least hmm. on Twitter, but... We all know to take that with a grain of salt. I, for whatever reason, I feel like I could see that a lot more than 100%. I just can't see him. I see Bill Belichick is, is being the Dallas Cowboys next I, head coach. I didn't necessarily see it with the Chargers. However, 
In the past, the Chargers have always, when they've had both openings, GM and coach, yeah. they've always hired the GM first like they did with Tom Telesco, and then he hired Mike McCoy, I believe, is, yeah. was the sequence of events. They're interviewing head coaches. They still don't have a general manager, so presumably John Spanos is doing the kind of the decisions. I mean, they have their interim general manager, JoJo Wooten, but I would imagine the decision-making is resting at the top on this sure. one. I wonder if that'll change their behavior at all when it comes to hiring a head coach if they're willing to to give Harbaugh a shot here. Well, I mean, there's so many big names out there. You got to think that somebody's need somebody needs to snatch these guys up, you know. If those are the guys you want, you got to go out and get them. Vrabel, Belichick, yeah. Harbaugh. I mean, there's still plenty of teams out there that need head coaches though. So, we'll see what happens. All right, we this is uh, fascinating. So, the LA Clippers are getting ready to finish the Intuit Dome, their mm-hmm. new home in Inglewood, and I saw this photo going around, uh, a rendering of the stadium or the arena. Now, if you think of a traditional basketball arena, there's, you know, two, three, four different levels throughout the arena. Yep. They're separated with aisles, walkways, entrances to the concourse, and all of that, but they have designed it so behind one of the hoops, it's like a student section in a college basketball arena, and they're calling it The Wall. There are no aisles, no exits to the concourse, nothing separating it. It is 51 uninterrupted rows of fans. (laughs) Ballmer's a madman. I got to imagine if you're standing, like, if you're sitting at the top of that, of the wall, you're probably going to, like, get vertigo and fall down. It's like being atop the sphere. You're looking right down onto the court. And this will be the direction the opposing team is going in the second half so yep. whenever they have a critical free throw in the fourth quarter it's yeah. gonna look they like a college sh- they yeah. gotta shoot it into the wall uh, I, what's the other part so I, I love this idea uh they have rules for the wall you can buy your season tickets to sit there they will start they go from anywhere from five thousand to twenty five thousand dollars a year and there are certain rules for sitting in the wall you cannot cheer for the opposing team it's incredible you cannot wear opposing teams colors and the tickets can only be resold in the Clippers verified ticket marketplace. It's amazing. Well, and by the way, the inspiration for this, if I'm understanding I'm it, almost positive it was came from when Steve Ballmer came down for Kawhi Leonard's uh, show, the Viejas Arena um, uh, jersey retirement ceremony. Yep. He saw the show and said, I want to do this in our new arena. Yep. And, and he, he modeled this after the show, basically. If you walk into Viejas Arena and go to an Aztec game, you walk in on the ground floor, you're at the very top, and you have to walk down all of those yeah. stairs. There that, are, that, there's the n- picture, the rendering, looks very much like the Viejas Arena, like on the side where the show sits yeah. from what I'm looking <laughs> I at. I thought that there. was cool. I remembered that uh, yeah. Balmer really took note of that, how the sound just rains down onto the court from there and traps it all in. And uh, I thought that was really cool. And finally, the yearly reminder of how old we are, the Coachella lineup has come out. Oh, boy. It's like my uh, my Super Bowl, Ben. Yes. Not really anymore. Not anymore, this no. Is, it's now, getting – there's a little bit of a return to glory, in my opinion. I – for me, I mean, I'm, I'm – uh, 14 years younger than you. Yes. I, I, I never know any of the names on the Coachella lineup, yep. uh, even the big names. I, I, I'm like, who the hell is that? But definitely know some of the names this year, some of the headliners uh, for the first night, Lana Del Rey, oh. Deftones, Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Lil Uzi Vert, oh. and then there's a few 
hundred others that I've never heard of. Uh, Tyler the Creator headlines on Saturday. My followed son, by gigantic Tyler the Creator thing. Yep. Okay. Blur, Ice Spice, uh, Grimes, John Baptiste, and that's on Saturday. And then Sunday, Doja Cat is headlining. Lil Yachty. It's a lot of the same usual suspects at Coachella, but they also say right at the bottom of the flyer and dot dot dot. No doubt, and Gwen Stefani are reuniting. Reuniting for Coachella. And they are going to be back at Coachella this April. Now, the, the Deftones and Lana Del Rey are two of my favorites. Same They're, night. Same night. Friday night. Friday night. The thought of getting in my car, driving out to Indio, finding a place to stay, walking to the festival at 48 years old <laughs> to watch Deftones play a 35, 40-minute set to probably a bunch of unin- uninterested kids and then going to watch Lana Del Rey, who I love, lull me to sleep and then have to walk back to my house like you're gonna wait until it. they're playing in a nine seat cemetery Correct. in los angeles Correct. that's the kind of venue you want that's to see where i at. would prefer to see most of my shows <laughs> but um no it, it it's just Is earth wind and fire <laughs> chicago <laughs> chicago <laughs> saturday in the park that's here at coachella uh, dude, I, I remember when it, uh, one of the Coachellas I went out to, Steely Dan was the headliner on, like, Friday or Saturday night. It was, like, 17 people. I mean, it was like, people were like, what is happening right now? That's when it really, they're like, we need, to bring the, we need to bring the DJs in here. We need to bring them now so we can get the kids back. No doubt coming back is pretty cool. No doubt coming back that. is very, very That's cool. That's pretty cool. But I, uh, I don't know that it's worth the trip, but that will be fun for everybody. In I, I just, I can't do it. I don't have it in me. Got Andy Nelson coming up. That's you nervous, the uh, Rhino Report. I'm nervous about, well, I mean, there's more. This is a nervous day. I'm nervous about the panel I'm going to be hosting with the 1984 Padres. Yep. Including no, are you going to do the same Goose thing Gossage. with Goose Gossage, Gary Templeton, Tim Flannery, and all those guys that you do with us? I'm, are you going to ask them? I'm, so then, you know, game four of the World Series and Ben's just going to be, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, sure, yeah, sure, uh-huh, sure, uh-huh, sure, uh-huh, sure, 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 okay, okay, uh-huh, okay, uh-huh, okay. uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I will keep it to a reasonable length. There's well, no one wants a panel discussion to go on for four hours there's a, these guys we do there's do a, you there's, uh, you know what there's a decent chance you get those guys up there and there'll be five or six beers consumed after the games and kangaroo court this thing could go on until midnight i'm uh, not kidding you if, if you don't moderate it properly it could go on till midnight i will do whatever tom seidler tells me to do fair it's enough pretty That's much a- uh, <laughs> my role on the panel discussion later today however the uh, the padres would like it to be formatted I'm I'm game. Okay, I'm game. And then I after- am now nervous though about reinteracting with Goose Gossip. <laughs> yeah, I would be too. I'd be after I got called a nerd. <laughs> I would be <laughs> terrified. I'm terrified. You're a nerd uh, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna sit up there. This nerd's gonna be hosting this panel. Oh God, I'm sweating. Can we get someone else? Well, the good news is that after that, we'll have a chance to go and blow off some steam at uh, one of Peoria's finest establishments. You'll be your first time ever. Uh, taking the jump into the uh, the world of cabaret, and uh, that's going to happen this evening. And we're going to have a great time, a little male, a little male bonding. I'm not saying I won't, I won't enjoy myself, but well, it's will. going to oh, be you're gonna enjoy stressful yourself. for me. Don't be stressed. Yeah, I'm very stressed. Don't be. They're going to be very stressed. Have a drink. I'll drive. I won't drink. I'll drive. You have a couple cocktails. Loosen up. All right. Isn't and now I, I read in. The, th- the thread when yeah, I looked when up, look up that oftentimes that you have to have at least two drinks. There's a two drink minimum. Yeah, but I have a two at Cokes. certain establishments. Well, uh, you can, but they'll charge you like nine dollars for a Coke. Oh, so whatever they need. This is your, this well, is I'll your... drink your two drinks if you need me to. Done. So, this yeah. is your fun night. We're going to make sure <laughs> that the big guy 
have some fun. Uh, you know, there's a Top Golf right down the road. Yeah, I did if you know really that. wanted it to be my fun night, <laughs> don't you think we'd be going there instead of to wherever we're going? Oh, it's going to be. Do we know the name oh, of the yeah. establishment? Yeah, we I know, do. I know the name of it. We do. Okay. You can DM me for details if you're in the area and you want to come out and, I don't know, shoot video or bring in a camera crew or whatever. I don't think that's allowed. But, uh, yeah, tonight's going to be a fun night. And Which of the Padres alum do you think we can get legitimately to come out with us? Jake Beebe. Oh, that's going to make it less stressful. <laughs> Just Yeah, throw in one of the Padres legends while we're there, too. Yeah. They may be there anyway without even us inviting <laughs> based on this crowd. Fair enough. <laughs> Oh, what a day. What a day on Ben and Woods. All right, that is, uh, that's all for us today. Annie and Elston are coming up next. We'll be back two more days of this. Live from Peoria, Arizona, we'll rejoin you tomorrow at 6 a.m. For Frank Marchese back in the studio, for Paul Rindle, for Stephen Woods, I'm Ben Higgins. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. From all of us here at San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.